here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. ProRisuShop.com, your only source for authentic ProRisu merch straight from Japan. Translation extraordinaire Yatsumi has helped more than 300 fans all across the world purchase authentic merchandise, and now he's bringing that savings to you. With over 300 items to choose from, ProRisuShop.com has the largest selection of New Japan and ProRisu merchandise you can't get anywhere else. Shirts, belts, trading cards, DVDs, and more from the biggest stars of Japan, like Tanahashi, Okada, Nakamura, and of course, the Bullet Club. Get them all for the same price you would pay in Japan, with worldwide shipping starting at only $6.99. For the very best in ProRisu merchandise across the world, the choice is clear, ProRisuShop.com. That's P-U-R-O-R-E-S-U-Shop.com. ProRisuShop.com. Yes, I'm Rich Crash alongside, as always, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, how are you? You know, wrestling fans, wrestling fans are nuts. They, <laughs> they, they don't make any sense. What's got you in a, in a tizzy today? I want to talk about the Ascension. Ah, yes. The talk of the, they, they've really been the talk of, of like <laughs> WWE in the past week, which is, in, past two weeks, which is incredible. But yeah, go ahead. You know, wrestling fans are just an annoying, uh, hypocritical <laughs> They're just, they're just, they're crazy. I mean, okay, when the Ascension was in NXT, okay, you couldn't find an Ascension fan with a search party. Everybody hated the Ascension. Everybody thought the Ascension sucked. The Ascension yeah. were the butts of every joke. Right, the groan, the, I mean, I wrote in reviews, I was like, geez, just get out of my way, you know, stop being an NXT. I mean, they, they were getting turned on live by the live audience as well. So yeah, yeah, it was, they were the laughing stock and they were the, we can't wait till they're off NXT. So The Ascension's parents think the Ascension stinks, okay? <laughs> nobody liked. The, I don't know if we could confirm that, but. Nobody liked the Ascension when they were in NXT. The Ascension get called up 
to the main roster and they get treated like a couple of goofs and then they get, you know, they're, 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 then they get, you know, on last week's raw used as sort of the fodder for, you know, the old guys, right. Uh, the big angle with the NWO and JBL new age outlaws and APA finally a payoff to JBL ripping them in the commentary every week. (laughs) And now everyone's complaining that the Ascension are getting buried and that they're, they're not getting you what make up your mind. Hold on a second. Let me get this straight. Nobody liked them to begin with, but now everybody wants them to get a big push. Now, if you think they're terrible and you didn't like them, why would you want them to get pushed? I, I don't understand. This is so confusing to me. Why is it upsetting to you that they're being treated the way that you perceive them anyway? You perceive right. them as garbage. They're being treated like garbage so far, but I'll get to that. So why is this a problem? It, this, this really is a perfect example of, I think this is a perfect storm of a lot of things. The WWE, it's no secret, it stinks right now. Nobody is enjoying the WWE right now. So there's that factor. There's the second factor of no matter what they do, booking-wise, people want to bash it. No matter what it is. That's just – it's just it's always going to be that way. It always has been that way. I think that's the second contributor to this. Sure. There's – if it's, it just doesn't add up to me. It's like one plus one equals two, okay? But the ascension, like between NXT – and them getting beaten up and clotheslined by JBL, did they all of a sudden get good somewhere in between? Did they justify a push somewhere at some point in between those three weeks where they beat up jobbers? I don't understand. It's the same. T- in fact, you could, you could argue that this is one scenario where the fans should be championing the way WWE is treating somebody because they obviously see this act the same way we do. Right. As a non-entity with no upside. So they're treating them as a non-entity with no upside to this point. So what the fuck is the problem? Why are people upset with this? I also think the third factor here is people seem to have this idea because NXT is kind of like the uh, the darling show in the WWE, you know, pantheon of shows. It's the show that everybody likes. It's the show. It's 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 got all the indie guys, and everyone seems to think that if you come up from NXT, that means. Uh, they have to push you or they, they have to earmark you as a star. Why? Not everyone in NXT is going to be a star. Not everyone in NXT is going to get called up and get a push. Um, you know, I, I made this comparison on Twitter and, and, and no one really responded to it. But, you know, what about a guy like CJ Parker? Nobody likes CJ Parker. I, I've I've never seen a fan say, "Wow, I really enjoy that CJ Parker." Yeah, I don't. I, I don't. I've know. never. I don't think there is a CJ Parker okay, fan out there. But, but if CJ Parker got called up next week and was used as an enhancement guy, would anybody have a problem with that? Um, you know what? And you brought up a decent point when you were talking about these about how everybody that that followed NXT hated them, and then now that they're in WWE, there's that same group of people is now saying, "I wonder if it's almost one of those things where like you know we can make fun of them, but you can't, you, you know, type thing where." Because you said that NXT has this sort of weird relationship with the fans, and 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 you know to an extent, rightfully so, it is sort of like kind of an indie darling. So maybe it's this thing where you know we can sort of have this inside joke where we think they're terrible, but like you can't, and you, I mean, like the mainstream WWE and the main writers or whatever. It's like you know we can make it's like one of those buddies in your group that you know we can make fun of them, but you make fun of them, we get really mad. It's you know if it's it 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 has a similar it, vibe. It to doesn't that, have vibe, or, and that vibe doesn't. And that, weird, and that doesn't yeah. make any sense. 
I, mean, I agree. I think that there is, when the, is when very the dumb, Ascension yeah. was in NXT. If you ask these same people who are bitching and complaining about the way they've been treated, if the Ascension deserves a push on the main roster, none of them would have said yes. So why do they deserve? They des- So let me get this straight. They deserve a push on the main roster simply for being on the main roster now. That doesn't make any sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. And here's the other thing that I think people are, are missing and people swear that they're not, but I think that they are. I think a large chunk of these people are missing this. The Ascension debuted week one pretty much as is, uh, as they were in NXT. Okay. Uh, they won a squash match or whatever. I think it was on SmackDown, as a matter of fact. Uh, SmackDown, on- yes. Uh, SmackDown or main event, wasn't it? Oh, no, main event was the one they did a bunch of weeks ago, right? Yeah, or that, that, I think that was just hinted at. The true, I, call, I, I the true call up was SmackDown. Yeah, the, right, right. And right. they won a squash match, and they were, it was the, you know, the same vibe that they had on NXT. But, you know, in between that match and their next match, the way the company. Uh, began presenting them completely changed. Now they're pre- they they, start, they began to present them as sort of a a parody act, which is what everyone yeah. which is what everyone saw them as anyway. Again, right? Why, I mean, we've been making that same joke for t- two years now. Well, there's exactly, the parody and, yeah. and and we've all been and now the company sees it the same way we do, and now we're mad at the company. Why? Okay, so now they've they shifted gears and they started to push the ascension as these unself aware posers. Okay, which honestly, I gotta tell you, I gotta be honest, Rich. I find that far more interesting. It's probably the best. Yeah, it's probably the best thing. For I am, them. <laughs> I am more, I am more interested in the Ascension as these delusional, unself-aware posers who think they're as good as the Road Warriors than I ever was when they were actually being pushed as the Road Warriors. Yeah, and I think one of the problems too is I wonder how often the people that are sort of are, are getting on this high horse about it have actually seen them work because the guys are they're not good at squash matches. Like people want them to. I mean, you remember we we you know you're an avid NXT watcher. You know from my reviews or whatever that they go in there and what we assume is a Road Warriors or a demolition style squash match isn't. It's like a headlock fest and then like at some random point they win. I mean, it's not like a Baron Corbin type deal or whatever. They didn't go in there and destroy guys in two seconds. I, I, well, I get I, it. I, you, I, that's I, what you want I, out of them. I, I think that no, I think that they did. It just wasn't ever really. No, it wasn't, it wasn't though. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. It was never compelling. And here's the other thing you need to think. It about was too. longer. It wasn't. They, they weren't like Ryback squashes when Ryback came up. They were not yeah, like that. They, they weren't I, as good. I think as some that. of them were, but I mean, uh, even when some they, were, they, they weren't compelling. They weren't, they weren't good at it. They weren't good at that. They side never at came all. off as dangerous monsters. They came off as guys posing as dangerous monsters. And now look where we are. They're being pushed as guys who are posing as dangerous monsters. I think the company is handling these guys perfect. And people are complaining about they're they're handling these guys exactly how we how we've always seen them. They're actually the company actually gets it for once and we're bashing them for it. This is this is not a time to bash the company because they actually get it. They saw these guys week one and they saw and they saw the same things that we've been seeing for two years. These two guys have been hanging around since FCW. They've been around for ages. <laughs> Why do you think it's taken them this long to get called up? They've been NXT. They were NXT tag team champions for ages. And here's the other thing. Why do you think they were working all of those squash matches? They didn't trust these guys to have long matches. That's why they had that gimmick to begin with. They're not very good. Why on earth would you want them to be pushed? It doesn't make sense. I have people tell me, oh, I, I want to see a strong tag team division. Well, pushing these guys will not make your yeah, team that's the, I don't know if the ascension is the answer. It's going to make your tag that, team so. division weaker because they stink. Then I have some other people saying, well, they at least deserve a fair chance. Everybody deserves a fair. But why? Why do they deserve a fair chance? 
they are getting a fair chance. They got called up to the main roster. If this is their role, this is their role. Just because they were in NXT means they deserve a fair chance. Why doesn't Heath Slater deserve a fair chance? He'll work right. circles <laughs> around these guys. You tell me Heath Slater can't work circles around these guys? You tell me Xavier Woods can't work circles around these guys? You tell me he's not a more compelling personality than these guys? You tell me Heath Slater's not a You tell me someone like Titus O'Neil doesn't deserve it? I mean, just because these guys were from NXT, which happens to be the darling show right now, they deserve some sort of a chance to why? Why? I don't understand. They've had two years! They've had two years and they haven't made an impression on anybody. They had a chance. They've had two years worth of chances. Why do you think it took so long for them to get called up? Because they're not any good. And and I do think one of the issues might be, and and you brought it up, is is the fact that you you think, as do I, that th- this is intentional. That them being the posers is intentional. Where I think there's a subset of fans that that don't and think that this is the way that they think they're going to get over. But after you watch Monday, you should pretty much understand, especially with that pro. I mean, there is no way that promo that he cut this Monday, and and the way that it sort of worked after that was not a joke. You know what I mean? Like he, it was, it was like 10 one-liners and like the lamest one-liners you have ever heard. Like there, there's no way. I mean, this company as unself-aware as they are sometimes, I don't think there's any way they can, they, they, they don't see it like you see it or how, how I see it, that these guys are posers. I mean, but the face paint, I, I, I really have a hard time believing that they said, yeah, you know what guys wear face paint and, and, and make fun of the Legion of doom or whatever. That'll get you over. And you know, I, 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 it's exactly, not in this modern you're, WWE. You're exactly right. And I called it week two. The second week they got called up when they switched gears on these guys, when people were complaining about how the commentary was treating them, I, I, you know, I was like, this is going over everybody's head. This is on purpose. They're, pres- they've, they're switching gears. They're presenting these guys as posers. And, it's, I mean, come on, and it, I'll tell you, it's fucking great. It's the best thing they've ever done with this team. They've never been more interesting than they are right now. If they were still I'm, squashing guys and being pushed as, as these killers, we, we'd all still be mocking them because they're, they're not any good. What, good, what, good they, what was their upside previously? Nothing. Nothing. They, they had no upside doing that NXT act. And look, I'm not saying they have upside now, but at least they're interesting. And look, if their lot in life is an undercard tag team, well, you know what? The world needs ditch diggers too. You know what I'm saying? What's right. the big deal? And that's, I think that's the big issue too. I think there's so many fans now that are conditioned and, and cause it, it, it's funny at the same time you get the same. And, and a lot of times it is the same people that say, I hate how we get all these pay-per-view men events. And I wish we just had squash matches. And I wish, you know, we could bring back the job or whatever, or, or those things. And yet, you know, you're presented with something where it's sort of like that. It's like, yeah, look, these guys aren't going to be, you know, multiple time tag team champions. They're not going to be a big tag team or whatever, which is fine. That's okay. Like it, it's, it's fine to have a lower card. That's interesting. It's fine to have a mid card. That's interesting. I know. Yeah. As you said, the WWE, I mean, they pretty much get questions for everything they do possibly, you know, no matter what. And, and I think this is another situation like that, but yeah, I, I'm right with you. I, I don't think it's a bad thing that they're presented this way. And I think another, another way to look at it and the, and, I, you know, how you said that second week when you realized, okay, it's obvious what's going on here is, and because I had the similar thought is, look, out of everybody that has been through that roster in the past, since the Road Warriors left or whatever, you don't think at some point there was another two monsters that they said, yeah, this, you know, we're going to go with the, the power and paint with these guys or whatever. And they waited all the way for Connor and Victor to finally do, you know, and that's what I mean in the terms of it's not, it's, it, it has to be a joke because, that's something we know that Vince McMahon probably loves is a good, you know, hardcore. I mean, he's had so many guys over the past 15 years that would have been more effective in this role than these two guys. Now, listen, maybe now I understand why this company uses the subtlety hammer because their fans are too stupid to understand things that are subtle. I mean, I, this went over everybody's head. 
it's amazing to me that this went over everybody's head. It's it's this. I can't believe I'm so fired up over the ascension. <laughs> Second of all, they've been the talk. They've been everybody's talking. I mean, it, that shows you how low. I mean, we're going to well, one what? of their major pay per views of the year, and like you go to message boards, and half the talk is about ah, the yes, I can't believe the ascension segment. At what, point, like, what did, we... at what point did the ascension earn a main roster push? At what point did this happen? Where was yeah. I when they earned this? Why do people think this They earned it happen? by literally doing everything they could possibly do in well, NXT had... to the point where their last matches in NXT were like crickets. Like nobody could even fathom making a noise the last time they were in NXT. They got, I, no and, booze, and, and, no cheers. Any it reaction was like... they got in NXT was ironic. Any reaction right, they got, right. it was ironic. The, the, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Or the, not, not that, the hiss. What was it? The, yeah, no, yeah, what did yeah, they do? or whatever it was. But it, 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 was that them? Yeah, that was them. It was just, it was, okay. it was like ironic. It wasn't even, even those fans knew, all right, we have to sit through these goofballs. <laughs> these fuckers are going to be on our TV for another two and, and minutes. Me, so we might as well make the most listen, of this. So. For all these people who think they deserve a shot, um, they're not even giving they them suck. a fair chance. For all these people saying that, if you saw their NXT matches, do you really want another two years worth of that on the main roster? You're right. The, their best NXT question. match was their last one with the Day And that wasn't and even and that good. That was no good. I didn't think it was any good. Somehow it got votes in our match. Your <laughs> Multiple votes, in fact. I don't Despite understand being that. Probably the worst match uh, at. Yeah. I, listen, and that expo- listen, any any match they had that was that was longer than three minutes, they were badly exposed in NXT. Why do you think they had squashes when they came up to the main roster? Why do you think they weren't immediately put into matches with Los Matadors or? Whatever other lower card tag team you could think of, or pegged for this title match. I mean, look, look at this tag team title match, and this could maybe you know bleed into our Royal Rumble preview here. I mean, the Usos, Miz, and Damian Miz. I looked at, it, and I think like something like twenty-seven of Miz's last matches have involved an Uso at some point. Like out of TV and pay per view, like nine of their last twelve or something like that. You don't think if they had this brand new tag team and they really thought something of it that they would put them in this tag? I mean, they don't care. I mean, this come on. This company does not care about, you know, the organic build to a title match. They would have – if they they beat up four guys in a row, four squash teams, they would put them in this right away. They'd be in this title match right now. I'd like it. There's a reason why they're not. I'd also like someone to explain to me, when has this company ever demonstrated any faith in either of these two men? They've been in developmental since the Clinton administration. <laughs> they've, they've, they were in NXT as tag team champions. For- I think it actually does span to the Bush administration, which is like, I think, let, let me check. Here. I, I don't think it goes that far. But I mean, my point here is when have they demonstrated any faith in this team? Uh, in NXT, they were never allowed to have real matches. On the main roster, when they got called up, they were never allowed to have real matches. Here's what you people need to realize. The fans think they stink. The company has never had faith in these guys, and the only reason they got called up to begin with is because how much they either had to get called up or cut. Those were the only two options at this point because they've been around forever. It was shit or get off the pot time for the Ascension, so they found a little, they found something, to, 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 they found a way to utilize these guys. Joe, you should be happy that- for the Ascension. They, they, if if you're truly in a, all these closet Ascension fans who have mis- who have magically appeared all of a sudden, if you're truly an Ascension fan, why aren't you happy for them? They finally got called up. And they're finally found a use for these guys. Go ahead. How long have they been? Connor, Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. Made his Deep South Wrestling debut against Jack Bull in September of 2005. Okay. This guy. <laughs> this guy. This guy. I was celebrating a White Sox playoff run. He, or they haven't even started the playoffs he, at this he point. He predates FCW. I was wrong. <laughs> Deep South. How many? I'm sure he was cut and brought back in between. Um, yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, it seems pretty. In 2006, we have matches through Deep South. Uh, 2006, we have WWE Dark matches. 2007, Deep South. 
Uh, we have a little NWA run in 2008. So, yeah, that probably was right, a so point he, where he was so cut. He, he so, went yeah. away for a little while in 2008. But for all intents and purposes here, there is. Yeah, here's his FCW. His FCW debut was August 12th, 2010 against Conrad Tanner. So he went away for like a year and a half. Yes. But he's essentially been in the system since 2000, what'd you say, six? 2005. No, 2005. 2000, so. He's been part of the system. So the Bush administration since is indeed correct. 2005. Yeah. Okay. Click that card and tell me some of the other people that were on that card. Okay, let's 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 look at a the, deep south as, wrestling. As Rich does that, the point that we're demonstrating here is that these guys are not and never were prospects. I don't care how long they were NXT tag team champions. Don't get wrapped up in titles. Doesn't mean shit. These guys were never considered prospects. They're lucky to be on the main roster to begin with. Who else was on that card? Uh, one second. It, it unfortunately does not click. It is so far back. Cage match does not have so a. Uh, have a okay, all right. No, but I, I'm gonna find a card. I'm gonna find no a card right deal. now. I just gotta. Oh no, it's a big deal. I refuse to go on no, until we. Okay, here we go. Which of the guy is this? Is this the really shitty guy? The bigger this guy? This is Connor. Is this, the... this is Connor. So it's the really so shitty guy. It's the bigger guy. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I'd call him the really Fit, shitty guy. Victor's better than Connor. Maya's yeah, I agree. Okay. All right. Here we go. Here's Deep South Wrestling, September 1st, 2005, from the old Deep South Arena in uh, McDonough, Georgia. McDowell, Georgia? I don't know. Okay. Singles match, we have Mike Mizanin versus Johnny Parisi. All right. So he was there with Johnny Swinger and The Miz. All right. Well, who else? <laughs> Jack Bull. I don't know who Jack Bull is. With Angel Williams. That's who he's So Angel Williams. That's uh, freaking uh, Angelina Love. Is that? Oh, all right. Okay. All right. Uh, Deacon Devil, or Deville. Defeats Nick Mitchell. Okay, we got a little Spirit Squad action going on. Yep. Uh, <laughs> spirit Squad. Think about that. The Spirit yeah, Squad. Spirit, Pre-Spirit uh, spirit Squad, guys. Go ahead. Yes. All right, Team Elite, which is Derek uh, Nikirk and Mike Knox. Yeah, Mike Knox, yeah. Defeating Lash LaRue uh-huh. and Ryan Reeves. Okay. What a team. So, all right. Lash LaRue Lash, and Ryback. To show you how long that Connor has been in the system, there were still WCW guys who came over with the contract floating around the developmental system. Think about it. Here we go. That. You want another one? Yeah. Mac Johnson defeated Kid Cash. 12 minutes. This is unbelievable. He, he probably wrestled Pat Buck. And then the, ma- the main event was High Impact, the team of Mike Taylor and Tony Santarelli. Yeah, he wrestled Micah Taylor. That's Micah Taylor. Yep. Which means exactly. there's a very good chance that these two goofs have been around so long that they wrestled Pat Buck and Kevin Matthews of right. PWS fame. Go ahead. And they, they defeated or they defeated the regulators, Mike Shane and Todd Shane, by DQ in 1130. There are so. people that they were in development <laughs> who are now f- over 40 years old. There are people in developmental that they were in developmental with who got called up uh, to the roster almost a decade ago. Lash fucking LaRue was still in developmental. There, there are guys that got called up almost a decade ago and have been cut like five years. They, they, they've been around for guys, guys. What we're, the point here, if it hasn't been made patently clear, they're not prospects. They were never prospects. How they lasted this long is a fucking mystery. Okay. You should be happy they're there to begin with. And now, with all of that said, with that rant in the rearview mirror, with all you know, with us burying the ascension in the rearview mirror, here's the, here's the crazy thing, guys. They're probably going to squash the New Age Outlaws on Sunday, and all of this is for nothing. I mean, no result would surprise me. Would it really surprise you if they went in there and squashed the New Age Outlaws on Sunday? It wouldn't shock me. No, I I have them pegged to lose just for a, a feel good moment. But but I, yeah, no, absolutely not. No, if they went in there and beat the New Age Outlaws in two minutes or or a minute, I yeah, it, I. I, I don't think I would bat an eye at all. And, and then everybody's whining about uh, the Ascension non-push for nothing. 
because they're, they're using the old guys to put them over on the pay-per-view. I mean, you know, it's it's kind of backwards where you, you know, kind of, but, but that doesn't matter. The, the point here is, is, is we may, you, people may be a complaint for nothing. The point is they still have no upside. I don't care what anybody says, they have no upside. And this idea that they deserve an opportunity, they've been around since 2005. I mean, geez. Think about this. So in, 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 in December of 2005, uh, Ryan O'Reilly, you know, Connor at the time, uh, defeated MVP. So no, MVP was still in WWE Developmental at this point. Think about MVP that. Was still and think of what career paths he has taken yeah. since WWE Developmental. I mean, geez. I mean, like I said. I mean, main roster, you know, pushed his U.S. title, you know, almost a world title contender, but, but, the losing streaks, New Japan, New Japan TNA. Run, a TNA like, run. And he was I in mean, developmental with this guy. And and they seriously, they've been, they were in developmental with guys who are, are like over 40 years old now. They're, they, they're in developmental with guys who are retired now. You know, you want to tell me these guys are hot prospects? Get lost. It's the Ascension. Biohazard. He's got a match against Biohazard under his belt. Give me a break the ascension can't take it i i really don't get it and, and really to get away from the ascension a little bit and kind of get back to my other <laughs> are you sure you want to I, we can talk more about it, it. it but it kind of freaking deacon he faced the freaking deacon by the way do you know you know who the freaking deacon uh, is freaking right deacon that is uh is that boogeyman or is that uh nope uh oh no that's doc gallows doc indeed gallows. so how many how many things have doc gallows doc done? Gallows, yeah so i mean you can see the class of people that they started with you know, and I think Victor started a little later, but the, the point remains, uh, you know, it's uh, Victor with his receding hairline, probably pushing 40 himself. But these guys are hot prospects. We need to push these guys, Rich. These They've demonstrated with their quality matches in NXT and their and their solid uh, working ability that they deserve to I, I just don't get it. But it kind of it goes back to my point. It's like. Every time someone comes up from NXT, that doesn't mean that we have to earmark them for stardom or give them an opportunity to go right to the top of the card. It just doesn't work that way. NXT, no matter what the company line is, they're not just, you know, not everybody down there, you know, has the, even has the potential to be a top star. I mean, right. so, some people are enhancement guys. Some some people are solid mid-card hands. And, and it, it might be frustration, too, over the way that Emma and a few of the other ones were, had, had progressed or whatever, which which is fine. But again, I think we're, we're, we have this idea that every single I don't know if there has been I mean the Emma thing is I, I agree she probably should be in a better spot than she is but have we really I mean who else was really I mean there are a few NXT call-ups that haven't but we knew Adam Rose was had a shelf life well, hey listen we knew that's hey, why listen. they called him up if you listen we, if you listen to this show you knew exactly how Adam Rose was gonna play out yeah, right I mean we saw even in NXT after the third time and that's why he, they got up there I mean that that's that's what you have to think for a lot of these people and I have you know we have people you know why is Sami Zayn not up why is that you know and Triple H has made that known that, you know, unless these guys have these these guys that he earmarks as as potential stars or whatever, unless everybody has a clear idea what they're going to do, they're going to be down there for a while. And the people that get called up right away and, and, and flounder, that was probably what they were going to do anyway. I really highly doubt that they said, Adam Rose, you are our next big star. You have just you have certain you, you, you did your little entrance and it got over in front of 200 people three times. Now it is no longer over. So we're going to bring you to the main roster and you're going to be super over the argument you can make. Oh, wait, you're well, not. Well, so <laughs> well, the argument you can make for Adam Rose is if they would have left him down there for six months, he could have refined the act. Um, I don't think it had legs. I, I don't think I mean, I'm saying that's the argument. Though. I mean, oh, OK, I see. Because yeah, in, Adam, in, the, in the case of Adam Rose, they really did rush him up way too fast. Um, to an extent, but I think they understood that there was there was a certain ex- expiration date on a bunch of people coming up to the ring. And I don't know. I, 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 think, I think they thought I think they saw it take off in NXT, and I thought they thought it would take off in the main roster. I, uh, I, just, I don't. I think they I, I they just rushed. And it, listen, that, but the, the point here is that each each one of these cases is different. 
And I think that's what people have to understand too. Adam Rose, they may have brought him up too fast. Emma, they clearly didn't introduce her properly. I think everyone agrees on that. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, they didn't get over the. They just didn't get it. Yeah, yeah, they just stuck her with Santino and automatically, boom, she's a goofball because she's with Santino. And they didn't, they didn't understand what got the goofy dancing over at NXT. I think everyone universally agrees with that one. I think bringing up Paige, uh, getting a miracle 30 second win, that was a mistake in the way. And Paige is just now starting to get her footing on the main roster yeah. and show her personality and uh and doing what we all thought she was capable of so these these situations are all different and um you know not everyone is going to take off like the wyatt family did not everybody is going to take off and and become stars like the shield did people have to understand that it's like i brought it up before but it kind of got lost but you know if they called up cj parker tomorrow would we all be bitching and complaining if he was an enhancement guy on main event I mean, that might be his ceiling, and he might be very good at that. I'll tell you what. He made Kevin Owens look like a million bucks in the Kevin Owens debut, did he not? Yeah. I mean – Yeah, it would be a great role for I him. I mean, maybe that's his role. I mean, we only yeah, have one – Which is fine. We like we need those. We, get, we need those guys. It's like I said. The world needs ditch diggers too. I mean, you know, not everyone can be a top-of-the-card guy. Not everyone is entitled to a push. And – Clearly, the Ascension are not entitled to a – I mean, geez. No. We have enough evidence to show that the, the Ascension – is not entitled to a push by any means. That's the wrong. Why are people going? Why are they going to bat for the ascension of all acts? They're going to bat for the ascent. I don't get it. I really don't get it. That was like the last act in NXT that I would have even wanted to see him call up. I mean, I don't want to see them on the main roster. I didn't. I wanted to see him get called up because I didn't want to see him anymore. In NXT, <laughs> exactly. I mean, I didn't even want to see him in NXT. I mean, they just aren't any good. So, I mean, people really need to understand that. Look, you know, it, it's. It, these guys, the, everyone has a role that they're best suited for. And, and, you know, I personally, I listen, I think they've handled the Ascension week two to date. Picture perfect. I don't have a single complaint. I, I Like I said, to me, this is more interesting than anything they've done in the last two years in NXT. And, 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 and what, you know, and I'm glad that they're not doing that on the main roster. So, I, you know, I just, I just, I, I don't get it. I really don't. Yeah, I would almost like, I would almost, <laughs> what would kind of be funny is, and they could almost make this work in a way, and maybe this is their kind of long-term plan, is that you can still have them go out there and have, and I know it, it, it's very tongue-in-cheek, even for WWE if they do that, but maybe they can go out there and have squash matches and, and scream and be weirdos about it, and everybody can just kind of be in on the joke. That's like, who the fuck do these guys think they are? Like, you, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It might actually, in the end, get them over. You, you know, like, have them go out there and have them do two-minute squash matches and have it be people sort of like, oh, my God, do these guys really think that they're like the Legion of Doom? And they can call out the Legion of Doom or whatever and do all that. And then you can bring some of those guys back. You know, there's there's a lot of ways you can do this versus throwing them out there and being, oh, my God, look at how destructive this team is. Because that was not going to get over. It was not. It didn't get over in NXT. It was a joke. It was a total joke at the end where people were just like, okay, we get it. Like, and not, but not I think those, this, uh, this is actually effective. And not, and not, that's what I mean. They're more interesting now than they ever were. And, you know, well, I think that, I think you can still do the same thing that people want, but have it be a, a, a you know yuck yuck, right? Where it's like they can it can be random jobbers come in and they beat them and scream and and, and they're just like everybody's kind of everybody's in on the joke except for except them. Except for them, exactly. That's right. that's far more interesting to me, and I think right. it's working. Give them the same stupid entrance. Give them everything, and just have you know you can have Michael Cole. That you know you want to have Michael Cole and JBL, you know, have jokes and 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 chuckle or whatever. They, do it against those guys. I mean, the, having them be serious and having people treat them like they're these monsters that it, it wasn't going to work. I mean, they don't look like monsters. They look like idiots. And I tell you what, and the gimmick—they're not and, good. And, at and it. the gimmick could be every time they face a, a quote-unquote real team, they lose. 
right in yeah. embarrassing fashion so then they go back and they face their little 19 year old and then throw them around yeah jobbers again and then you know every time they get a shot against a real team they right. lose and you know what's funny about that is eventually that would get over I, that's what I mean. I, like in a year, people would get behind them Absolutely. and they would get over. And 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 then you can build to their first big win against a real team. Right. And maybe that's the maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe, they're, maybe they're that's what they're doing. And, and you know, or they just think these guys suck and who the fuck cares? Which they do. Exactly. So who cares? Which, which, <laughs> like, which is fine too. If they lose to the New Age Outlaws on Sunday, I'm not gonna get wrapped up. I, who cares? I care. I couldn't care. <laughs> Why did we just talk thirty? Minutes I couldn't about care less if they get cut next week. Then I ain't good. But if they do keep them around, I hope they do what you just said because that sounds yeah. a lot more fun than the garbage that I sat through in NXT for two years. For God's sake, Jesus Christ! It's like when I—I I mean, and, and in a lot of ways, and and they're way better. I think they're way, 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 way better in the role. But the Devastation Corporation of Chikara is this to a T, and this—it makes more sense in Chikara. It's more in the, you know, but that's what it was. Nobody ever really saw them as like a true threat, but it was hilarious because it was like these guys that just got transplanted from the 80s, you know, complete with their t-shirts that look like NES, you know, covers and 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 their shady manager and talking about pay windows or whatever. It was all a big yuck yuck joke or whatever. And that's in the in the context of Chikara, that that's fun. And they've ended up being really good in the roles and having good matches or whatever. But I think the same thing can get over in WWE in the same role. I mean, have these guys come out here and just be transplanted from the 80s. It's fine. I mean, give them a freaking Sidney Bacabella type manager. I think that'd be even good. Make it a yuck yuck moment. Who cares? The show sucks. <laughs> if there's one thing that's entertaining, I mean, if anybody is trying to get any seriousness from WWE TV anymore, just give up. It's not going to happen until Vince croaks. It's always it's going to be a comedy hour for a lot of the times. Might as well make it decent comedy. Might as well make it subtle comedy. And this is it's fun. I I think this this, yeah. this has been this has been fun. I mean, I I enjoy it. I don't know, but I, you know, I guess. It's I, who knows. We spend way well, too much. You're just time a you're this. just a WWE apologist, so that's that's why. Just, is what people will say probably. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know. We spent way. Well, let's transition this. Let's easily. Tra- yes, we did. So let's easily transition this into our Royal Rumble 2015 preview, which I don't think will be too long because I don't know if either of us have strong thoughts. All right, Joe. We start with the opener: the New Age Outlaws versus the Ascension. Do we have any strong thoughts about this match? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought I thought the Ascension, you know, would beat them pretty handily. Um, and, and make a lot of people look silly. But now I kind of hope they do what you just said. I hope they, they lose in embarrassing fashion. And I hope they lose in embarrassing fashion every time they face a non-jobber team. And then they just, you know, build that moment to where they finally beat somebody. And then they'll, get, they'll right. end up getting a huge baby face pop. And that'll get them over better than playing pretend monsters ever will. Yeah. So. And give them little guys. Give I mean, there was that guy that, from Raw a few weeks ago. He was like, <laughs> just like a hundred pounds. Like, like this is like, I, I know, I don't think Danny Cannon is wrestling anymore, but bring that guy up and just have the Ascension every week just pulverize him. Like, I, I, that would be so awesome to see them just pulverize these like five, two little children or whatever. And then, yeah, like you said, they face, you know, Anybody and, and get destroyed. I think it's perfect. anyone with so, a yeah. semblance of a push. Whether it's yeah, I think that's, that's and here's fun if, if you if you really want to if if you really want to complain about a tag team not getting pushed, put, pick someone that's deep. How about the how about the Matador team? I mean, all right, exactly. All they right. do is go out there and have good matches every time. And, they have a roster of a hundred people that are super talented. Yeah, that you can. That, the Ascension are not too. That you can take a stand for, but people are choosing to take a stand for the Ascension. I just yeah. could you imagine that this ever would have taken place six weeks ago? Yeah, six months. Could you yeah, imagine yeah. the entire internet? Uh, rising to defend the, the the poor treatment of the fucking Ascension six weeks ago. Uh, it's just crazy. What's the next match? We need to close. All right, next match is Paige and Natalia versus the Bella Twins. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. Sorry, this is a uh, 
wrestling preview <laughs> show where I have literally no opinion. I <laughs> go ahead, Rich. It's all you. Yeah, I, it, it, I mean, I'm I, I'm sort of it. I mean, the Bellas have been improved this year. You know, trying to make the most out of this. Paige and Natalia is a fun little team, and and and. It, a lot of it matters where this match goes. If they give it time, it could be a pretty decent match. It could be kind of fun, but it's not going to... I mean, we know that. It's going to get three minutes, and it's going to be in between two good matches. So it's 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 just going to be what it was. So, yeah, I, I, I can't have strong thoughts. If you want strong thoughts, listen to us when we preview the NXT women's. I, you know, I just... I don't... I don't I, I haven't been into the TV segments at all with the, with this thing. I don't know. I just don't have any opinion. It's, it's got a total Divas crossover, which I don't really get. I don't care and about I, the I, I, It's just I'm not into right. it. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. All right, we'll move on to a match that you have to be into because this, I believe, is the first time uh, these two teams are facing. The Usos versus The Miz and Damian Mizdow. The Yano Suzuki versus Suzuka. Uh, yeah, I've got I've got the time splitters in this one. I think the Hooligans won last time, so... Um, it's going to be your classic 12-minute New Japan opener, it's, you know. It's... A bunch of flips, and that's going to be over. It's, so. it's amazing to me that they just, these, it's, you know, it's, you know, we get on New Japan's case, but they've got 40 people on the roster. You know, this is a company with over a hundred talents on the roster, and they just give you these and a, and a, oh, an endless supply if they ever wanted. Yeah, and it's just could literally grab any team they want, probably in the world, whatever they wanted, or create tag teams out of thin air with a hundred people. But yeah, I think that, I feel like this is going to be the beginning of the end of the Miz, Damian Mizdow, and that that leads to WrestleMania, a match between the two. I don't know; they can maybe have it go on for a while, but you, you know how much they love kind of breaking teams up. This would be a good opportunity to start kind of transitioning out of it. It is. I got to tell you, though, it's got its shelf life. It's expired. It is. It definitely is. But if they're or it's, it's about to expire if it hasn't already. If they're but. building towards a Miz Mizdow WrestleMania match, and that's taking <laughs> I mean, more. That's disappointing. I don't want to see that at WrestleMania. Uh, I if hope you're going to break but... up a tag team and have them face each other at WrestleMania, at least have it be the Rhodes Brothers. I'd right. be more interested in that. Was that two years ago or a year ago that they rumored that? I lose no, no. track. Dustin was pushing for that, I think, three years ago. Was it three years ago? Yeah, well, I, he, I lose track of time. He with wasn't that. with the company when he was pushing for it. Ah, time. right. Okay, okay, okay. That and makes then sense. He, he had brought him in the company, and now every year since then, we've been thinking that around this time they might split them up and go in that direction. But I, I, I really hope they don't waste a prime WrestleMania spot on Miz versus Miz. I, I, <laughs> well. I. I just, I, well, I, I don't have any. I don't <laughs> and really, the whole Sandow thing—it was cute, it was fun, but what kind of legs does that have? Yeah, it's it's gotten to a. It doesn't. I hate to be a buzzkill, it, but it's. No, I mean, it, you see it twenty times, twenty-five times. The first, I thought it would get boring after five times, and it didn't. It was okay for twenty times. I mean, I've seen it now. God, we've seen it now for what four or five months, six, even that. It's been since the summer. It, it's over. It's it's had its fun. There's not much more they can do with it. I mean, cool. Yeah, he he falls down when the Miz falls down. All right. Like, at a point, it has a shelf. Like, everything has a shelf life. The same joke is only funny a few times. So, all right. The New Day, Biggie, Kofi, and old Xavier Woods versus Tyson Kidd, Cesaro, and Adam Rose. I'm looking forward to this. It's an elimination match, too. Elimination matches really? are pretty sweet. Even though, even though you say I hate them, but even though I don't, but this, yeah, it's an elimination all match. All right. So, you have no interest in this, but I'll. <laughs> I immediately hate it. So, yes, go on. I'm looking forward to this. And that, the, the elimination thing kind of adds. A am I allowed to look forward to it or um, not? Well, the thing is, I, I like everybody in this match to a certain extent. Yeah. And the thing about Adam Rose, and I kind of said this on this show about, you know, six weeks ago or whatever it was, it's probably longer than that now, when he started showing some heel tendencies. Let me tell you something. If that guy sort of incorporates a little bit of Leo Kruger into this Adam Rose character and gives himself a little bit of an edge, um, he'll be a cult favorite in no time. Oh, sure. He'll be a cult favorite in no time. And yeah, like you said, in a year we probably are talking about him for most overrated or, or most underrated. Yeah, right? he, he'll be a cult favorite among fans in no time. And it's uh, it's it's 
the the full blown baby face party guy thing. It's like we talked about earlier. They just they they rushed him to the main roster. It would have ran its course in NXT the same way it ran its course up here, um, because it was something that was great the first time, kind of cool the second time, and then you were tired of it by the third time. Now giving him a little bit of an edge, giving him kind of uh, making him a little bit of a bully over his uh, what do you want to call them? His what do they call the rosebuds? Yeah, the rosebuds yeah. and. I don't know where they're going with the bunny thing. I, I have no idea. But if, if you give this guy a little bit of that Leo Kruger edge, I'm telling you right now it'll work. And, th- and, I've, seen, yeah. and I've seen this guy have good matches too. Now, the Adam Rose character th- th- wasn't – he, he was never pushed in a way where you were going to have a chance to see him have great matches because there was always right. the bunny interference and the Rose and the spot where you – know, it, it, it wasn't – his matches just weren't structured that way. But this guy can have good matches. And I think – as a heel, you'll see some of that. And I and yeah. I think there'll be some serious character improvements too as as he adds some heel elements. And they've been very slow to turn him, which is a good thing that they didn't rush the turn. It's kind of been a very slow burn for the past couple of months. But I don't think it was intentional. I think it was he's so low on the totem pole that they just never got around to doing the full – you know what I mean? It's like right, right. the character is not a priority, so it's kind of been a slow burn. But it's actually worked out. Because I hate when they rush things. This right, because slow burns actually work very well. Yes. AK Rusev. <laughs> like, slow burns you know. do work very well. So you know, it's when they forget about guys that sometimes it ends up being the best. You know, when when they forget about the story and just kind of say, "Ah, eh, we'll revisit it," you know, in a few months or whatever. That's when it, a lot of times they end up being pretty good. And so. there was a weird period there where he was kind of acting heelish on Raw and SmackDown, but then he, right to the bunny, and then he was yeah. no, but then he would have like a main event or superstars match. And he was a full blown baby face, right? Which which and that, and that's common. <laughs> you know, Tyson Kidd was or Justin Gabriel and Tyson Kidd and swapping for a while too and now they're finally yeah and at least with it appears at least a... with them it was between NXT and the main roster which right. are kind of treated like different worlds I still don't like it I prefer to have that continuity but it just plus the way they tape NXT ahead of time I kind of see where that would get screwed up Adam Rose was on the main roster and he was like True. doing two different but now it seems as though he's kind of uh, he's firmly planted on the heel side now so yeah. uh, I'm telling you, if, if they give it a chance, uh, people will dig him with a little bit of a heel edge. And, and of course, any match with Cesaro and Kid has a chance to be really good. Yeah, and New Day is, is really good. I mean, that, that's a team that I cannot wait till they finally sort of realize, wait, these guys are three really good workers. Let's just have them go and work. I like all three of them. Yeah, let's just give them matches. Let's just give them, you know, decently long matches. Well, and we, new, we talk the, about well, the New Day thing is never going to work. No, no, I agree. No, I just want them to work. I don't care. You know, the gimmick is, is stupid, but but fill time by having them work. I mean, just have those guys go for 15 minutes. Who cares? It's the gimmick's terrible. The gimmick, it's never going to work. It's bad, but, but I like all three guys. I like every guy in this match to some extent. So yeah. I, I'm actually. It's going to be fun, and they're going to make the most of it. You know, these guys are, understand that this is a pretty big. I mean, they're, they're, there's not a lot of matches on this card, so they, they might get a decent amount of time or they might get a fair amount of time. And, and you know, these guys know that, and, and they know it's a big opportunity. With that, big with that said, them, so. this could be a comedy match with bunny stuff. Absolutely. So Who we knows? could be excited right. for no reason. But um, yeah, I'm definitely, if, if, if they just go out there and they have a, a straight match, I'm looking forward to it. All right. We have the World Heavyweight Championship match Brock Lesnar, the champion, John Cena. And Seth Rollins. What are your predictions here, especially after Monday, which was a very interesting way to present Brock Lesnar and what I think kind of tells the tale of what's going on here? Me too. I think that the fact that they're they sort of giving him kind of a babyface vibe uh, indicates that he's going to lose. I think maybe they don't have confidence that they can get him signed. And why send him into Wrestle? Look, if he goes into WrestleMania, and by that point in time, we'll know whether they were able to re-sign him or not. 
Right. And if the whole world knows that he's on his way to UFC or hopefully Bellator, because that's where I hope he ends up, because Scott Coker never die. Love, I love me some Scott Coker. He's bringing some juice to the MMA world here uh, with this dry uh, UFC. But uh, if people know he's on his way to UFC or Bellator, and they know that's his last match. It totally sucks the drama out of the title match exactly, WrestleMania. Right. And there's also the possibility that the crowd turns on it if they know that mm-hmm. he's leaving. So maybe the idea is to get the title off him now, which is kind of to me what this sort of babyface hinting might be. You know, this could mm-hmm. this could be where Heyman turns on him and, and goes with, with Rollins. Yeah, and, and I think the inclusion of Rollins in this match, too, was another kind of tell for me. I mean, I, that's when I sort of said, ah, yeah, something's at work here. And then now on Monday, you know, in the first five seconds of Raw, I said, okay, yeah, duh. I mean, I could, I, you could make a case for any of the three winning. Um, I, you can make a case for Rollins losing the match but then cashing in. Mm-hmm. That um, that's where I stand. That's right. You think, could have but... you could have Cena beat Lesnar. Lesnar get frustrated and and F five Cena in the post match, and then Heyman being a weasel, uh, you know, pairing up with Rollins at that point and telling him to cash in. You, you, there's a million different possibilities yeah. here. So um, it could really go in any direction. I, I'll go out on a limb and say Rollins comes out out of the pay per view with the title. That's I, I had the same prediction. So and people are going to think we, we did not talk before we wrote it in the preview piece that we posted today. We, we did not talk about that prior. But yeah, that's exactly what I think. And I I do think there's going to be a cash in at some point. I, I don't know how it's going to happen. There's been some scenarios that people have mentioned, but something where, you know, Brock beats him, you know, somebody, somebody Brock and, Le- and Cena destroy each other to a point where, you know, they're both down or, or something like that. And, and I I don't know if you're going to get that Heyman turn, but. That'd be a pretty nice scenario to sort of move Heyman into another role, and 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 they've sort of been presenting some stuff. I mean, there's been little hints, and and again, you're never really sure, you know, when WWE's doing that. Sometimes they're very good at it, sometimes they're not. Heyman's very good at it, so I tend to believe if he's doing little subtle stuff, that a lot of times there is something to that. But there's been little like handshakes and looks between him and Rollins or whatever that are different than they've had before, and and that could be nothing. That could be just me sort of overanalyzing, but. There's been things, and and if Heyman's got his his grubby little hands in it, he 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 drops little hints here. And well, there. I don't think so. I don't think I mean Heyman's way too good to to not have on TV after. He's got to have something. You got to transition him to another. Yeah. Role. So I mean, you know, it's it's Lesnar goes away. He's going to be paired with somebody. They're not going to you know push him off to you know uh, network pre shows for pay per views. I mean, he's too right. good. You need to have that guy on TV. Be a waste, so yeah. uh, you know, then uh, yeah, Rollins just makes the most sense. So. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm at Rollins walking out with the championship, and I do believe at some point we're going to get a cash in. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know the scenario leading to that, but that, that's sort of my guess. Now, but... to be fair, uh, the early odds favor Lesnar strong. Yeah. He's an overwhelming favorite to win the match. But remember, that's just to win the match. That has nothing to do – the cash in has nothing exactly, to do – that's right. considered a separate match. So if you're, if you're going to bet on pro wrestling, you're betting on the outcome of the three-way match. You're not betting on who walks away – with the title at the end of some angle. Yeah. And sometimes they do that. Sometimes they will do a, who, you know, who's going to leave with the championship right. sort of bets or whatever. And that, and those might come up or whatever. There might be prop bets about that. But yeah, when you're betting the ones that are out right now, they're like what Lesnar one to four or something. I, I forgot what it was last time I looked. Yeah. Those are who wins X match. And it's this match. So think about that. If you're a, uh, if you're going, Oh, these idiots, like I'm going to get a, you know, you might lose still. You might lose anyway. If Rollins walks out. Yeah, right. You know, we don't know. We're just. I admit, I'm going no, out on the smart money. We are the smart money, Joe. 
Uh, definitely not. That's for sure. <laughs> I think we do. T- I do terrible in these predictions. I don't know. All right. Uh, and then we'll finish here with the 2015 Royal Rumble match, uh, 30-man eliminations. Here's the guys we have so far. Uh, and there are – oh, no, no, SmackDown spoilers anymore. I forgot SmackDown's on Thursdays now, so I don't have to say I'm spoiling. Uh, here are who are the confirmed entrants. We have Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, Rusev, Bray Wyatt, Dean Ambrose, Bad News Barrett, Goldust, Stardust, Kane, Big Show, Justin Gabriel, R-Truth, Fandango, Diego, Fernando, Big E, Kofi Kingston, star-studded here, um, Xavier Woods, Tyson Kidd, Cesaro, The Miz, and Damian Mizdow. So Kofi Kingston is in. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a very compelling match because you have you, – you, you want to see how that crowd's going to react to Roman Reigns. I mean, that's there's there's two guys that can win this pretty much, right? I mean, yeah, Reigns and Brian, right? Yeah, that's that's I can't. I mean, there's no one else, so we know that. No one that you just named. Um, yeah, no, I don't think so. I mean, if there's a Randy Orton surprise that he comes out, I mean, maybe, but well, then they he'd got, be about well, the. Then they got to find a way to get him out of the WrestleMania main event because he's not right. main event in WrestleMania. Um, but to me, the most compelling thing about the match is how the crowd treats Roman Reigns. And I'm hoping they shit on him only because that's fun. I thought last year's Royal Rumble was so much fun because of the way the crowd. Oh yeah, it was great. That was such a compelling event to watch. It was one of the more organically reacting crowds you've ever in a wrestling event. It was like a, a mutiny. It was it was great. I mean, they were hot. They were so you hot. Will remember, you couldn't hear what was going on. I mean, the, the camera was shaking because they were just being such assholes. You'll so. remember that match forever because of the way the crowd right. reacted. If that crowd would have just cheered Batista and cheered Rey Mysterio. You would have, you'd forget about that match six months after it happened. We, we would remember almost nothing about that match right now if the crowd didn't react the way it did. Right. That match was super memorable and super compelling and super fun because the crowd took a giant diarrhea shit. All, yeah, and, all and changed the-, the course of WWE history. Like, yes. Unbelievable. Like- and I would love to see that happen again. And, okay, look, I'm not a Roman Reigns fan. Anyone who listens to this knows that I am dreading the idea of him on the top of WWE cards for the next 10 years, unless he drastically improves in all areas, which he might. I'm I wouldn't bet on it, but he might look and I'm, and so I'm not coming, but with that said, I'm not coming from a place of screw Roman Reigns. I just think it'll make the match fun. You have a Philly crowd shitting on uh, the chosen one. I, I mean, it'd be a recreation of last year. I'll be into that. Um, I think they really need to be careful of how they lay this match out because clearly the crowd is going to be a million percent behind Daniel Bryan. Yeah. And if you eliminate him, they have to be careful when they eliminate him. If the plan is still for Reigns to win, it would almost be better. See, if you get rid of him too early in the match, like if you got rid of him early on in the match, they're going to just turn on it. The crowd's going to turn on the match and you're going to ruin it. No matter who comes out is going to get booed. And and, and yeah, it's going to be a You're almost almost better off having it come down to Brian and Reigns. And if they boo Reigns eliminating Brian, so be it. You only have to deal with five or six minutes of it because you're going to sign off anyway. If you eliminate Brian too early, you're basically you're sabotaging the entire match. Because the crowd is just going to completely take a shit on that. And you can't really eliminate them. Really, the only way to do it is to have it come down to Brian and Reigns in the end. And you know what? Maybe you have a situation like with Luger and Hart where they take the temperature of the crowd to decide where they want to go with things. Right. And 
you know, that's why it's so compelling. They can go so many different ways with this. It also wouldn't be, I mean, honestly, it wouldn't be the worst thing if Reigns eliminated Brian and then you just get this, I mean, you you can organically create a monster heel. I mean, it, it's, I know that's not what they want to do, but it's like, and, and you, you know, know sometimes happen, this, though, this company isn't always the worst. I mean, sometimes they do just say, I mean, last year's WrestleMania is evidence of it. Sometimes they just go, okay, look, we, 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 we have no choice. You know, we want to do this, but we just, we can't. We just cannot do it right now because it's, it's just not going to work. Our like, hand is played. Like they do a lot. I mean, they 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 are very stubborn sometimes, but there's sometimes where they just cannot, you know. And and if Reigns eliminates Brian, and there's just a shit show, or like you said, they get over it. They say, look, yeah, the crowd in Philly hated it for five minutes. Whatever, we'll see how Raw goes. Right. You because know, I think that whatever. I think that, I think the Philly thing is a nice excuse for them, because I think they could always chalk it up to ah, you know, it's Philly, you know, Philly booed Santa Claus. Right. Yeah. Right. Philly booed Santa Claus once. 80 years ago or whatever the hell yeah, it was. UCW bingo hall. That'll, that'll allow Jerry Lawler to say something about a bingo hall or something. So yeah. It's, there's... So they could always use Philly as the excuse. And then like you said, see what happens on raw. So they, they could always plow forward with it. Um, the coolest thing in the world would be if they just, if they do a Roman Reigns heel turn, if they recognize yeah. that he's not ready yet, but I mean, now we're fantasy booking and it's shit. That's never going to happen because I think the, 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 the factor here that's different from last year with Batista is Roman Reigns is Vince's guy. And I really get the sense that Vince is might be feeling his own mortality a little bit, feeling the idea that he doesn't have a lot of time left. And I think he really feels the need to make another megastar. And I think he sees yeah. this guy as his opportunity. You know, he had Hogan, he had Austin, he had The Rock, he had Cena. And I think he sees this guy as the next in line. And I think he wants to leave his, you know, as part of his legacy that he created, that he picked the right guy one more time. And that's where I think that he's going to be stubborn about this and see this Roman Reigns thing through, even if it's too early. And I think everyone seems to agree that it's too early. Um, I don't see a lot of people completely writing off Roman Reigns. I just think people think it's too soon. I think that's at least where we stand. That's what I've seen. No, I, I really honestly, I mean, and, and I've sort of checked the temperature from a few different, on a, a few different web forums and all that sort of stuff. There are your people that just outwardly hate him, but I think most of the people are not rooting against him, but more rooting for him to sort of get that we want it, that, that he needs time, that he needs seasoning, that he's not ready, that it's not going to work. Like it's, it's those sort of fans that I think are, are, are the people that I actually listen to or, or, or care about. Yeah. There's a subset of just, ah, I, I hate him cause he's the chosen one or whatever. I think, I don't think we hate him cause he was the chosen one. I think we just realize, you know, a, a, as critics of the business or whatever, that it's not going to work. It's just, it's, it's going to be a, a, a shit show if it happens. Like it's, it's, I think we want the guy to succeed and that's why we want them to wait on it. I think, if done well, he could be a big deal. But I just right now, it's it, I mean, main eventing WrestleMania and winning the title in three months, like it's just it's so hard to get to that point now. It's so hard to fathom that in your head that that's going to be a successful thing. Yeah, there's just nothing there. There's nothing that has given you an idea that that's going to be successful. That's going to work. That it's going to matter. That that people are going to care because they j- I just don't. They're not there yet. I don't think he's just not there yet. And that's that's nothing against him. It's absolutely nothing on him. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. So that to me, that's why the match is super compelling um, to see how all these things fall into place and how they sort of book around all these landmines. And um, what what are they doing about these quote unquote fired guys? Are they coming back for this match? Or uh, I think they're back. Yeah, on SmackDown. I, I I'm not watching live, but I'm pretty sure they come back. They all come back on SmackDown. So oh, I say did something on SmackDown to bring these guys back. 
I think so. Yeah, I'm not watching it, so somebody's probably yelling at us if so we are. But yeah. So you'll have your Zigglers and your Rybacks and all these people back in time for this match. Yes. Yep. And Rowan, who else? It was Rowan, Ryback, Ziggler. Um, was that it? Uh, Rowan. Yeah, I yeah, don't know if Rowan's three. in it. Was the guys is Rowan in the match? I don't think I named Rowan him. Rowan was fired, is what I'm saying. Yeah, but he. Um, let me see. Well, I'm just asking if those, yeah. I'm just asking if those guys are back. Yeah, yeah, that that was. I think they're back. But yeah, that it was Rowan, Ryback, and, and Ziggler. So Ziggler so. and the Ryback are in the match. Actually, I didn't. I did not name them. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I did not name them. I thought they won on SmackDown, but I could be wrong. So who knows? I, I'm not. I didn't read the spoilers, and I'm not watching it now. So sorry if I'm if if we're being idiots. And there is an obvious answer here. We we are recording this as SmackDown is going on, and I'm not watching it. So I'm watching Spurs Bulls. So that's your Royal Rumble. Yep, I'm interested. I am uh, more interested than I was uh, a few weeks ago. I think there's a, a fun little dynamic with the Brock Lesnar and what they're sort of doing with him. There's a fun dynamic in terms of now we know for a fact Daniel Bryan's going to be in it, and we know. You know, there's been some momentum, you know, a few different ways. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm compelled. I mean, those top two matches, there, there's, there's not a lot on the undercard. I mean, the New Day, Tyson Kidd, Cesaro, Adam Rose thing is, it will be interesting, but, but not much there. But otherwise, that's, it's okay. I mean, I, I, I go there for the Rumble match and, and the main event or the, the you know, the, the title match. And I think as long as the Rumble is entertaining, I don't care. It's a good Royal Rumble for me. Yeah. And, I, and I do think this one is going to be awesome. I, so. I listen, and I'm someone who loves vocal crowds. I love crowds that try to put themselves over. A lot of people hate that. I like it. I think it makes things fun. I, so if this crowd wants to try to take the show over if they, because they don't like what they're seeing, to me, that makes things interesting. I, I, well, I you know, what's, what's interesting, and, and what I think is when WWE is at its best, is when they manipulate the crowd and they use the crowd to their advantage. I mean, we've seen that numerous times throughout the past few years. You know, every time they go to Chicago or whatever, or when they used to go to Toronto, they would do that. It's, it, it, when they can do that, and, and it, yeah, it's a little bit different. It's different than how they used to tell stories, but... You know, things evolve and things change. I mean, I know that that infuriates some people is that, no, the fans are supposed to, you know, react to what they're being given boo, or whatever. Boo but, heels. Yay, yeah, you baby go to a faces. Play. Yeah, you wouldn't go to a play and do that or whatever. And it's not a fucking play. It's wrestling, it's, you know. It's a, it's a simulated sporting event. Uh, fans, right. fans are allowed to do or say whatever the hell they want. Right. So I think I and that's when I love it is 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 and there was times in the build up to the Dan O'Brien authority thing at WrestleMania last year. You know, Heyman famously in Chicago when when CM Punk's music hit. When you can alter and use the fans to turn what what you want to get, you know, what you want to get over and use the raw emotion. That's when it's great. I mean, the Dan O'Brien when they finally figured out how to do the Dan O'Brien thing. That was great because of raw emotion. I mean, that's when the fans, they finally connected with, hey, here's how our fans are reacting. Let's, you know, let's cater to them. That, it, I don't think there's anything wrong with catering to fans. Like, you know what I mean? People think that's like, an, oh, my God. Like, no, that's not how wrestling was done. And, you know, and just, for Gagne, it would be rolling in his grave. And it's like, no, who fucking cares? I, and, I, and I just, like, I have a major problem with people who don't want fans to have fun at a show. I, I did, you know, they pay money to go to the show. They pay you, you sit and be quiet. a like, lot you of money to go to the show. Who the fuck cares if they chant "This is awesome" for a match that doesn't? I mean, deal with it. They paid a lot of money for those tickets. If they want to chant "This is awesome" at a match that you don't think is awesome, because I guess you're the arbiter of what's awesome, whoever you are out there who complains about that. And that's really us. It's, it's, it's. I mean, you know, do I think yeah. the "This is awesome" chant is overdone at this point? Do I think they throw that chant at matches that don't deserve it? Absolutely. Does it get under my skin? Never. It's fans having fun. Let them have fun. 
okay? We all have pretty shitty lives when it comes down to it. You're going to wake up tomorrow and go to work, or maybe you're going to roll over and look at your ugly wife, or maybe you're going to wake up too early because your stupid kid, because your stupid kids are going to wake you up, or, you know... What about my stupid puppy who wakes me up yeah, at 5? Yeah, everyone has problems. <laughs> you're going to go to work and deal with your asshole boss, and, you know, you're going to go to school and get picked on by a bully, or, you, you know, you're going to you're gonna go back to, to college and fail an exam. Everyone has problems in their lives. If you want to go to a wrestling show and chant this is awesome at a three-star match right with a bunch of people that of like-minded people or people that you get along with because you have similar yes, interests and lose yourself for three hours and have some fun and forget about your life i don't care that's never going to get under my skin so if these fans want to take over the royal rumble and boo roman reigns out of the building you're going to have people who come down on the crowd and complain about the crowd and say that ah, these crowds putting themselves so what they pay their ticket they can do what they want right. and the bottom line is this Crowds can't shit on a show if the company's giving them a, a good show. The only reason right. crowds shit on a show is when they don't like what they're getting. And 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 you know, so you know, don't blame the fans. Blame the company for pushing the guy down their throats that they don't want. Right, right. There's there's ways to alter that. I mean, that that's where the company has to sort of interact with the fans, and 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 there's a different relationship now. And that's I mentioned it in, in in numerous articles I've written for the website and and stuff. And this is a bigger discussion for a bigger day or whatever, but. We've evolved as 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 people. I mean, that, that when you talk about stuff now, and you you know this, you work in in a relative you know customer service business or whatever. The days of people saying I don't like this, I'm gonna stop going, are over. Now people go, I don't like this. You have to change what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't I, I don't think it's right or wrong or whatever. But you talk about Yelp reviews and, and Google. I mean, that that's how we deal with it. Is businesses now people go, you know, I've been to this restaurant a bunch of times, and this sucks, and this sucks, and this sucks, and this sucks. You know, thirty years ago, you just would say that restaurant sucks. I'm not going to go there anymore. Well, people don't do that anymore. People like to complain now. <laughs> We're a complaining society, which isn't. I don't know if it's right or wrong or whatever, but. Now it's up. I mean, I, I don't. I think it's a company's. I, I'm not gonna say obligation or whatever, but if smart companies need to realize that and leverage that into something. How did the Royal Rumble preview turn into? The, I don't know. How did we get here? I don't. I mean, because it, it's 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 something that WWE has done a few times throughout the year, and they're gonna have to probably do it again at the Royal Rumble. Is that you're gonna have fans that are 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 not into what you're presenting them and want something different. So it's up to you if you want to have your fans just take over shows and be awful, or if you want to use their emotion for positive. I mean, right there. That's that's. It's funny, you know, because Vince McMahon. Uh started off a Monday Night Raw about, what, 15 years ago, I think it was. When did he give the famous Shades of Grey speech? You know that was about? 1997. That was, I, I forgot the it's exact date. It's before the Attitude Era, right? It was, yeah, it, well, it was sort of, yes and no. It was kind of the, what people consider, it, it was already happening at that point, yeah. but it was sort of, it was like mid-97. So, well, roughly so. 15 years ago or something like that, 16, 17 years ago. Mad. Yeah, about that, so, yeah. People don't want good guys versus bad guys. Remember that famous speech? Yeah, absolutely. And and he stuck to that for about a month. And it's like, I, you know, I, I really believe that that's truly the case. I think you can – I mean, look in New Japan and the way that they present. I mean, what's – you know – we, we argue with other big-time New Japan fans over whether chaos are faces or heels because it's so ambiguous that you can't tell. Yeah. And that's okay. You know, it's it, it's like um, they can just why don't they just present these stories and let the fans react the way they want to react? Right. I mean, why would that be so bad? Maybe that's the natural progression of, of the wrestling business. Maybe that's the next big trend that 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 nobody has yet to capitalize on. 
um, just completely, or maybe just having a small group of clear cut baby faces, a small group yeah, of clear cut we'll, heels, and then everybody else is a shade of gray, and you let the fans decide who they want I think, to cheer. And, and we talk about an era that we, you and I both love, or whatever. I think that that you know the mid two thousands Ring of Honor did that pretty well. I mean, there was your guy, you know, you had the CM Punk heel run or whatever, Daniel Bryan, you know, his heel run or Bryan Danielson or whatever. But a lot of the guys when they came out, it was it was very ambiguous if these guys were good or bad. It was just, and they would sort of turn in the match, like it was in New Japan sometimes, where you know Kotobushi acts like an asshole. Okay, we're gonna boo. You know, Naito, he's the heel Naito, right now or whatever. Naito is a good example. Right, exactly. Right, yeah. He mid-match can, you know, he can walk out. The crowd hates him. Okay, well, fuck it. I'm a heel now. <laughs> like, yeah, it's okay. Like, that's fine. Ta- I think Ring Ta- of Honor Hashi in that. has done that. He's the yeah, he's absolutely. biggest star. It's, it's, I think it's, if you think back to that Ring of Honor era, if you really look back at those shows, there were a lot of matches where you look and it's like, I don't really know who was the heel or the face here. And that didn't take away from the match whatsoever. I, know, I remember being live in those crowds and it's like, you know what, hey. The Chicago crowd hates X, and we like this guy. Whatever, you know, it didn't, it didn't matter. And then you had your big guys, you had your big stars that were, you know, when Brian Danielson had the title and was on top or whatever, he became a full fledged heel or whatever. It was okay. Think, it's fine. I think, like, I think ECW is a better example of that. But even even ECW only did the shades of gray thing for a very short period of time yeah. before everybody fell back into a traditional heel face role. They did it for a very short period of time. I would, and you always had RVD, who was always kind of ambiguous as well. He was he was that was later, a dickhead. That, he, he, that was later on. I'm talking more during the Dreamer, Sandman, uh, Shane, oh, okay. Shane right. Douglas era. You know, it, eventually all those guys fell into you know traditional babyface and heel roles, and and they went back to doing traditional face and heel turns and things like that. Um, but I I don't really think there's ever been a company that's just flat out presented everybody as is and just let the fans dictate who they liked and who they didn't like and 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 just let it go organically like that and i think that might be something worthy of someone to try yeah maybe maybe a pwg might do something like that i i don't know who but i would like to see someone attempt it on a fairly larger stage than maybe an indie um you know new japan comes close i mean because you have the New Japan Army, which are clearly faces. You have Chaos, which people argue with me all the time, but I, I really think that they're, at, at best, they're face-leaning tweeners because they're heels when they go against the New Japan Army guys. I mean, Nakamura cheated, tried to cheat his way over Ibushi at the Dome. He threw the referee into Ibushi. Right. It was a key spot. Okada, you know, tombstones Tanahashi Okada, on the entryway yeah, in front of fans. I mean, yeah. faces don't behave that way. I mean, they're tweeners that lean face at worst. Um, but I, to me, I, I mean, they're heels against uh, against when they face the baby face, you know. And then yep. you have uh, Suzuki Gun, which are like heel leaning tweeners because Minoru Suzuki gets cheered. But do, does the company care that he gets cheered? No, they don't give a shit. He, and does he care that he gets cheered? No. Does he change his style because he gets cheered? Well, it definitely prevents him from having any entertained matches, just, as we'll see in our match of the year countdown. And Nakamura, too. I mean, nobody no, these guys, they just can't react, and his matches are no good. Nobody pays to go see him, so it's They sucks. just go out, and they wrestle, and, and they let the chips fall where they may with the crowd. You know, Bullet Club, clear-cut heels. You know, But at the same time, AJ Styles is starting to get cheered every time he steps out there now. Right. Even though he's with the, the 100%, you can't even argue it, heel faction of the company. So, I mean, they come close, but they don't truly do it either, in my opinion. You know, it, it's – I'd like to see someone try it. I'm, I'm tired of being told who to cheer and boo. I, why don't you let the people just decide? 
And that, and that was my kind of point when I, I made it like a gigantic point of, you know, society or whatever. And that's a lot of stuff. I mean, that's that's sort of what modern, I mean, our age groups or whatever. That That's a lot of what we sort of are, quote unquote, lazy millennials or whatever. We're of a, we're of a generation. No, you don't, don't tell us what to think. We'll, we'll figure out our own way. You, you know, like, no, I'm going to, I'm, I have my opinion and I have all the information that I can have for my opinion or, you know, that's, that's what a lot of this generation is. So it's, it's trying to force feed them into, Hey, like this guy. Cause we all said so. I mean, that's, and you know what? Really... And maybe, and maybe someone, and maybe someone will get real heat for once in the WWE instead of when Stephanie comes out and it's, it's, it's just go away heat. Well, you know, what? I think at the early part of the year, and we, we discussed this last week a little bit, I think the Stephanie Triple H thing, and I, I remember writing an article about it as well, I think when that was, when they were going up ahead, I mean, especially in like, you know, fe- late February and March or whatever, when they really were going ahead with, with Daniel Bryan being in the title match or whatever, I think you were getting real heat against Stephanie and Triple H because it was a, look, you're, you're you're not letting us have this guy. You know, we talked about it a little bit with the, the, the Stone Cold aspect or whatever, like in 97, where... You know, Vince was getting heat because fans were going, no, I mean, the guy's hurt, but he's not, he's good. You know, let him wrestle. And Vince is going, no, you know, you can't wrestle. When, when stuff feels like it's getting taken away from them or whatever. And, and you can easily do that. I, I think, and they did it. They did it yeah, last but year now, in March. Yeah, but I'm saying it now, you're going back a year, you know, look at the rest of the year. It was just, oh, I agree. No, yeah. The rest of the year was off the, rails, off the so. show. I mean, you could, well, nobody cared. Nobody said, oh, you're taking Ryback away from us. Uh, you know, you know, when they actually coincided with somebody they actually got behind. Then it was, you know, it became a big deal. I think, you, you know, we look at the Survivor Series main event. You know, we know that was a one-match capsule or whatever. But you look at once people started realizing, holy shit, Dolph Ziggler is the featured guy here. The crowd heat was incredible, and it was a great match. Because people were going, holy shit, nice. He's, you know, and they, it sort of, it was a storyline that he was going to beat them and they were going to go away or whatever. But that's a guy they rallied behind. And, and they do it. They know how to do it. I don't do think it, they, just, they didn't, ra- here, see, all right, I'm going to disagree with the whole world here. They didn't rally behind Dolph Ziggler because they wanted to see Stephanie and Triple H get theirs. They rallied behind Dolph Ziggler because Dolph Ziggler, they finally got the sense that they were doing something with Dolph Ziggler. That's my opinion. I think. Yeah, no, I, I didn't say I didn't say otherwise. Dolph, I, I, I agree. No, Dolph I, Ziggler is the kind of guy that fans have been dying to get behind. And they finally they saw the writing on the wall in that match. Wow. He might end up being the sole survivor and being put in a prime spot here where he wins this match and not Cena. And I think fans rallied behind that more than we want to see the evil Stephanie McMahon and Triple H characters get theirs. I think that was secondary to people finally getting a chance to rally around Ziggler. And okay, think yeah. that they, I, I, I don't know. I just I really don't think I think I don't I don't think the authority gets genuine heat. I just don't. I think they did. I don't know if they do. Anymore. I, I, don't, I think after 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 WrestleMania, it, it, we sort of talk about it like the NWO after, you know, Daniel Bryan wins. The title at WrestleMania that should have kind of been the end of their little run. I, it I was think the kind of heat that they get now, as opposed yeah. to then, is the fans reacting, booing, and reacting in a way that is how are they going to ruin this RAW that I paid an eighty dollar ticket for this week? In what right. way? In what way is this is the authority storyline going to ruin my enjoyment of the show? Not in what way are these heels going to be assholes and add to the show? You, you see what I'm saying? I agree. No, I absolutely. Yeah. Am I making any sense? I no, I agree. I, I absolutely. I, I think I think they had genuine heat in February and March or whatever when it was an idea of you know you're not letting Daniel Bryan go into the main event of WrestleMania and Triple H leveraged that into him being a big heel of saying no you know you're a B plus you know we we know the story or whatever and and you know eventually Daniel Bryan got to WrestleMania he had to beat Triple H he beat him he won the title that should have been it that was the the, the good guy we talk about you know with the NWO a lot that that was the Star K97 he vanquished the Authority. 
he proved that he was, you know, an A plus player. That's it. That's the, that's their arc right there. That's fine. You can stop after that because now ever since then it's been there, there's been nobody for them to rally for. I mean, who 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 are the faces that have gotten over more, or who, who are the faces that have have benefited from the authority being the the other side of that since Daniel Bryan? I mean, it's not Ryback, it's not Dolph Ziggler, it's nobody. I mean, that, that's when people talk about. I mean, and we had this argument too about you know the authority and Stephanie McMahon for best non-wrestler and all that sort of shit. But who who is who? What faces have benefited from the authority? I don't know. In the past six months, I don't know. None. Who, these three fired dudes that nobody is talking about, like I don't know. Like who? I don't even remember who are the big angles. I don't even know. <laughs> like I don't know. Nobody. They don't have real right. heat. I, I will stand behind that opinion all day long and yeah, argue with anybody who disagrees with me. They don't get real heat. People just – the first reaction is eye rolls. When that music hits, eye rolls. And then people boo because they're saying, go away because you're just going to ruin this, this – you're going to ruin the 15th straight raw. Right. With, God damn it. I have to sit here for 25 there's minutes. Gonna some, talk, so. There's <laughs> going to be some goofy handicap match or stupid angle at the end of the show, and you're going to ruin it, and we're tired of it. That's why they boo. Yeah. So I don't know. Let's move on. I, All right, that's where our rumble starts. This talk- company will drag you into the depths of fucking. <laughs> it, it, you know, I there's so much great wrestling this year so far. This has been a great January. Yeah, all Japan. Noah's had some stuff. Big Big Japan had some. I don't know. Big Japan was still in December, but the year is really off to a great start. Lucha Underground has been fantastic. Yeah, NXT has been on fire. Their recent TV. yeah, their their TV shows have been good too. Like, genuinely good TV shows, which they didn't have a lot of last year, despite winning, you know, the best TV show. They had a lot of boring shows, but what's interesting, and real quickly about NXT, um, my puppy is going insane for some reason. Okay. Uh, What's interesting about NXT is, and we sort of talked about it over the past year, um, they're getting away from the Chikara-ish gimmicks. And I wrote that in in, in my review this week, is that a lot of the old, like, kind of happy-go-lucky, goofy characters are all getting a hard edge, and I thought I, this this week on, on NXT was was picture perfect of that. I mean, you had the you know the Vaude villains had a very serious edge to them. Bailey had a serious edge to her. Sami Zayn had a serious edge, and these are the ones that were the bubblegum Chikar, you know, for a while. It's it's getting serious again. It's getting you know we talked about last year. You you sort of said a lot of these gimmicks are none of these are going to translate. There's these funny small room gimmicks that they have. They're getting away from that. And a lot of these characters are getting a little bit more personality, or as you said, shades of gray. I think they absolutely are. I think Bailey is at a shades of gray. People are saying, oh, she turned heel. She didn't turn heel. She just said, fuck it. I want this title really bad. I like being good and I like hugs, but shit, I would really like to win this title too. Yeah, they've, they've definitely toned down the cartoonish aspects of it. It really, there was a, there was a time period there where it had become Chikara light. And, right, and that was the beginning of last year, and, and through much of last, through, pretty much through the summer of last and year. People got on me for saying that, but it, it was true. I mean, there was, there was, it was, it was, it was like watching a Chikara developmental tear. It was like we were calling it wrestling is NXT. I mean, it was, yeah. it had gotten to that point where everything was just way too cute. And you're right, they have gotten away from that. And you know, the TV has been great, and and you know, the specials are always great. And uh, the past two weeks of TV, I thought, have been tremendous. I thought two weeks yeah. ago was one of the best pure wrestling shows they did as an episode, not you know, not counting the specials. Um, you know, one of the top two or three that they've ever done. And, yeah, and this past week was one of the best in terms of, of setting up stories. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the Sami Zayn stuff was just Great. tremendous to open that show. It was just tremendous. And, you know, I mentioned this on Twitter, and a lot of people agreed. If your most anticipated WWE match at the moment is not Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, then you don't watch NXT. 
because they've done such a wonderful job building that match that I want to see it right now. And I'm glad they're not yeah. giving it to me right now because they're giving it. They're going to give it to us at right, just the perfect time when we're frothing at the mouth for it. And 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 it, the build for that has just been phenomenal. And uh, yeah, some people have even said they they wanted <laughs> they wanted them to wait even a little bit longer. But I, I don't think it's going to be a one and done. No, 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 if, no. If, I don't if think you're so. yeah, and so so people are saying, well, I know I want it more. I don't know if this is going to be your, your knockout drag out, you know, Owens, you know, what they're capable of. This will be just a quick sampler and it, it, it will, it will build. There will, there, there will be the one that you want. There will be that 30 minute, 40 minute, unbelievable brawl or whatever at some point. But yeah, you, you got to get to that point and, and they can't just have them sort of avoid each other for that long. It's, it's, it's got to come at some point in some form or fashion soon, but yeah, I'm, I'm so looking forward to it. Yeah. And both guys are super serious about it. There's no, it, it's very basic. It's super basic storytelling. And, uh, I mean, Owens isn't saying too much. He's saying, no, you know, fuck, you know, <laughs> he got called up. I didn't, you know, no, the and, idea is it, I'll yeah. fight anybody, including my friend. Right. And I don't care. I, I want a spot. I, I want to make a, I want to make a name. And, and Zane is saying, you know, Hey, <laughs> I, you know, I won this title and it, it's cool and all, but man, this guy's, you know, kicking my ass. I, I just want my revenge. It's, it's, it's simple. It doesn't need a whole lot. And, it's fine. and everything, it helps that those two guys are such awesome performers. Well, they're so good, yeah. Um, and, 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 and they're, when, when we talk, and, and people always criticize about this cream rises to the top thing or whatever, Sami Zayn is what I talk about. People bring up these seven examples, you know, Terry Taylor and, blah, 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 and this, this guy or whatever. When you talk about a guy, no matter what you throw, that, they, they will, what, what we mean by that or what I mean by that when I say the cream rises to the top, no matter what, is, is they... If guys are good enough, they will give you no other choice but to make them feature guys. And I think that's what Sami Zayn did. I mean, they're and, and Kevin Owens is doing it too. And 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 Devitt to an extent is already doing it. In, in oh, I, you know, let me tell you something about Devitt. That is a guy. It really hit me last night. You want to talk about a guy who has clearly studied uh, what you need to do. Oh to yeah, get over hamming it up company. on his entrance, and he he has clearly studied what you need to do and has a full understanding of what it takes and what you need to do to succeed in that company. He gets it. That is a smart guy. He, you look at that entrance and that entrance theme and right there, you put him on the main roster tomorrow. He's going to get over before the bell even rings for his first match on the entrance oh, and, that, and that entrance theme. And then the way he's working his matches is just, it's, it's flat out brilliant. He's got yeah, he's per- he's great. He's got his three or four baby face moves down. You know what you need in this company. You need three or four signature baby face moves that the crowd will pop for. That is how they teach their baby faces yep. to work. And he came to NXT ready with his three or four. He's doing that sling blade clothesline every match. He's doing that uh, corner drop kick. And uh, you know, you knew he wasn't gonna do the bloody Sunday. You knew that wasn't gonna go over and you know with the neck issues and the head issues. You knew he wasn't gonna use that as a so he switched it to the uh, the double foot stomp off the top. Yeah. And you know, he's he's got the dive to the outside too. And, and he's got his flip dive. He's yep. he's got his his marquee stuff down. He's getting down the pattern of which he uses it in his matches. He uses the flip dive early on, which is going to be perfect when you get to Raw because that's when they'll go yeah, to commercial. Perfect commercial break. That's yep, when they go to, commercial break. This guy has studied the company. And he understands what it takes to make it in that company, which is a memorable entrance, a memorable entrance theme, and those four moves, the, what they used to call the four moves right. of doom, is what they used to call it for Cena yep. or whatever it is, which and all the, the baby, where, yeah, whatever, yeah. yeah, which the baby faces need, which the crowd react, which is how they teach them to work. And the guy just gets it. You can tell that he's studied and prepared for this. And I have no doubt that this guy is going to be a massive success on the main roster. I, I, you know, you can call him up. To, he's someone who you can call up tomorrow. You really could. 
I mean, you know, I, I guess the only thing that we haven't seen evidence of is whether he can cut a a, a, a main roster promo. That has been bad. Yeah, but, those his backstage ones. They've given him opportunities. Yeah, and, and there's time. But, I mean, there's absolutely but, time. But, but here's yeah. why I have confidence. Because his Bullet Club promos were A+. So I don't have any worries that he'll get that eventually. He'll find his voice. Because his heel, his heel Bullet Club promos were A+. Now, you know, the face promos, we've never, we have no evidence that he could do that. But based on everything else, he seems to be a quick study, and he seems to understand at least what he needs to do. The question is whether he'll be able to execute that. I, I don't, you know, and based on what I've seen him uh, in all other facets, I have no reason to doubt the guy. I was, I've been so super impressed with him the last couple of weeks. And as far as the work goes, you have nothing to worry about. The guy's a phenomenal worker. That, that you don't have anything to worry about. That part, he's had down for years. Don't worry about that. And, and, and now he's incorporating it into the style that this company wants. You forget it. I mean, the sky's the limit for this guy. It really is. I mean, the only potential barrier, other than the, if he can't cut a face promo, if we put that aside and assume that he'll master that, is possibly his size. But here's the thing, and here's the difference between him and Daniel Bryan. He's such a good-looking guy with such a phenomenal physique yeah, he's cut like crazy. That yeah. I think, you know, I think, you know, the Vinces and the Kevin Dunns overlook the fact that he's 5'9 or whatever. Because he's got washboard abs or whatever. Because, yeah, like they'll, they'll, they'll be into that. Because yeah. his overall look is so phenomenal where a guy like Daniel Bryan, who's 5'8 or 5'9. And always has had a frame where it's it's even at his even at his peak of, of being in shape. He was always kind of a little he, you know, a, pudgy or I, whatever. I, I mean, I, I would call him pudgy. He's, he's a, a normal guy who's in shape. He looks like a normal human, yeah. I, I would kill to be in the shape he's in, and so would you. But, he, you know. Well, uh, let's slow down he's now. Not, he's yeah, just not right. great. He, he doesn't have that great wrestler aesthetic to him. So, yeah, right. and that's what you mean. Whereas the, the cut, yeah, he's not cut. Whereas like. Prince Devitt, I mean, the guy had to grow a, that disgusting, gnarly beard just to get a push to begin with. He had to add something to his look, which to me takes away from his look. But we've been down that road, and I'm not going down it again. Devitt, on the other hand, looks like those guys want a wrestler to look. So I think he could overcome the height. Agreed. So I, I'm not even sure that'll necessarily work against him. So, um, so yeah, anyway. Oh, what happened Dear here? God, my mic stand just fell apart. Did you, did, <laughs> Can you give me one minute? Yeah, my, you know, what's going on over there? I think Rich just had the apartment uh, broken into here. <laughs> give me one minute. Everything's crashing and burning. Oh, they can take this new dog if they want. It's... I told you that puppy was going to be a lot of work. I don't know why you didn't listen to him. I knew it. I, I, I knew it. <laughs> don't worry. You're right. How's this equipment malfunction going? I don't know. It's not going well here. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to leave you for a sec. So so have some time. Hey, talk about something. Uh, Say something stupid, Paul. <laughs> I guess we can transition. Ah, uh, oh, as, as Rich fumbles with his equipment, I I demand first of all that none of this is edited out. This all has to no stay. no. It's all stay. In. This no, it's all stay in. this has to stay in the show because this is gold. Okay. <laughs> I, I I'm very curious of what the timestamp for this one is going to be called as we uh, transition, let's get away from WWE because I'm kind of tired of talking about it anyway. And we spent an hour and a half talk nearly an hour and a half talking WWE, starting with the Ascension, going through the Royal rumble. And now a, uh, this is why these shows go so long because none of this was planned to be talked about. <laughs> no, this was not even on the, the... Ascension was not on the docket and NXT, oh. this NXT talk was not on the docket, but um, let's see here. All right. Are we good to go, Rich? We are good right. for now. You're, you're Let's see how stable that is. Pretty stable. Okay. Okay. Let's transition yeah. to uh, New Japan. Wait, wait, no. 
Okay, there we the go. New beginning, <laughs> the new beginning lineups have been announced in full. We knew what the top four matches on each show was going to be, but now we know the entire cards for both Osaka and Sendai. Have you seen these? Yep. I have seen them, yes. Okay, let's start with Osaka. Now, we knew the top four. They obviously loaded up Osaka. It's in the bigger building. Sendai... If you pack them in like sardines, you might be able to get 3,000 people into the building. So it got a, a, a much, much lesser card, in my opinion. Um, the Osaka card has Tanahashi Styles for the, for the IWGP heavyweight title. The IWGP tag team title match, which is Shibata and Goto in the rematch against uh, Gallows and Anderson. The third match from the top, they kind of... Uh, messed around with the order when they added some of these other matches as a trios match. We've got Naito, Makabe, and Yuji Nagata against Yoshihashi, Tomohiro Ishii, and Nakamura. Now, basically, this is just a setup for the two singles matches that we'll see in Sendai a couple nights later, which are mm-hmm. Makabe defending against Ishii and Yuji Nagata challenging Nakamura for the IC title. So that's the whole idea behind that match. We've got another trios match here. Sakuraba, Yano, and Okada against Tamatanga. <laughs> what a team. Tamatanga, Yujiro, and Bad Luck Fale. So really the idea there is you're going to get some Okada Fale interactions as they set up a singles match that I guess is... What are your thoughts on that real quick? Uh, well... Um, do you want to wait till the, the other yeah, show? Yeah, yeah, because I do have okay. some thoughts there, but I, we might as well <clears> wait. Uh, then we've got IWGP Junior title match, which we already knew about, which was Kenny Omega defending, giving uh, Taguchi his rematch. So another rematch there. Lots of rematches on this on these two shows from Wrestle Kingdom. Um, IWGP Junior Tag Team titles. Same match from the Tokyo Dome, minus the Forever Hooligans, because Kozlov is gone. So we've got Red Dragon defending against uh, Time Splitters and the Young Bucks. Then we've got Tomoaki Hanma against Kota Ibushi, which was the match that was announced that really got everybody fired up. I got to tell you, I cannot wait for Hanma. Yeah, that's going to be so good. <laughs> Got has that that's has that happened before in a G one? I don't recall. I will no, check no, real quick. No, I no, feel like it has. No, because Hanma replaced the Bushi and Hanma. Oh, duh, yeah, right. Well, then it wasn't uh, in the G ones previous to that. So. Would there have been any? Yeah, would there have been of any other? Well, I'll keep going when they, and you pull it up. Yeah, let me look it up real quick. I doubt it. I, I mean, I can't has, imagine. There's yet. been none off the top of my head. We've got Jushin Liger and Hiroshi Tenzan versus Chase Owens and Rob Conway. That, of course is a tag match, which is a preview to the two singles matches that will happen in Sendai, which we'll get to in a moment. We've got a trios match, Mascara Dorada, Tiger Mask, and Satoshi Kojima against Captain New Japan, Manabu Nakanishi, and Jay White. So what we have here is a couple of debuts. Mascara Dorada, of course, has wrestled on in New Japan plenty of times, but this will be his pay-per-view debut as a full-time roster member. As they heard us. They heard us talking about him last month they must or have. last week. So at the end of Fan- the only explanation <laughs> at the end of Fantastic Mania before his main event match on the final night in Cork. And uh, they announced that he did sign a one year contract with New Japan. So Dorada staying for the duration of the year. And oh, man, is that juice up the juniors? I'll tell you. So they've got a lot of interesting directions to go once this Omega yep. Taguchi thing runs its course. All and of- we talk about the frustration with him of, of, of never you know, getting anything or any any pushes or whatever. Now they can now they can feel comfortable. They got a year that they can do something with. I I, I doubt he's just going to be a, a nothing part of six mans going forward. I mean that's oh that no no they're going to utilize this guy right absolutely. So the junior division got real interesting real fast with the additions of Kenny Omega and Mascara Dorada, and then Jay White on the other side, which is the New Zealand young boy who everybody did all that detective work on a couple weeks ago when we saw him. Um, working as a uh, young lion second at ringside during some of the uh, 
shows in early January. He is from New Zealand. He is one of the new young lions, and they are confident enough that he is working on this entire tour, including on this pay-per-view. So yeah, that's <laughs> and and the interesting thing here is that means he's taking the fall. Captain New Japan is going to is going to be spared a fall in this match. Oh right, yeah, all right. So yeah. Um, oh and uh, yeah, Nakanishi and Captain and New no Japan. No way, are, Nakanishi's are... losing and. They're going to tag with this to tag with Jay White forever. That's going to be his new world tag league. Tip. So Jay White is, is going to take a fall there. I would think, you know, maybe Kojima with a big lariat. They like the veterans to get the big pinfalls. Maybe they put Dorada strong over here. Who knows? I was going to say, yeah, good time for Dorada. So for, for a throwaway six man, which is the second match on the card, I'm real interested in that. There's, yeah, it's got some fun little yeah, stuff it's to our, it. Yeah. It's going to be our first look at Jay. Well, not technically our first look. We'll get to that. And then, of course, the opener. Because why the hell not? Because no one will ever get tired of this. <laughs> Show Tanaka versus Yohei Komatsu once again in the opener. So top to bottom, I really like this Osaka card. There's a lot of trios filler that I have no interest in. I really am not interested in those two trios matches towards the back end. The one with Okada yeah. and Fale and the one with uh, you know Nakamura and Nagata. The Naito Nakamura issue. I, I mean, they're all fine. I'm sure it'll be okay, but I, it's just, yeah. Well, let's yeah, do this. Let's, let's do our, we didn't do it for Royal Rumble. Let's do the gimmick here. Okay. okay, we'll do one to ten. All right, Tanaka versus Komatsu. Interest level uh, twelve out of ten. All right, so you're going ten. Ten. I'll, I'll actually go real. Eight. I know you're a ten. It's a but... ten. I love. I love when these guys wrestle. <laughs> I, 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 here's the thing. If it was just standard young boys, it'd be like a. I love my young boy matches. Yeah, but you're you, you're looking at what you think are stars. I think these know. guys are future stars, and they always have good matches. I, I've given these guys like three and a half stars for some of their matches. I mean, these yeah. some, this, this, they've been good. They've been legit potentially good. Potentially yeah. could be like the fourth or fifth best match on the show, maybe even higher. So I always give it a 10. Uh, the six man, Dorada, Tiger Mask, Kojima versus Jay White, Captain New Japan, Nakanishi. I'll go seven. Okay. I'll go seven. There's a lot of interesting parts in there. Little, little, as you said, I mean, Jay White, you want to see what he's made out of. Dorada now officially a part of the roster. Yeah, there's, there's some fun there. I'll go seven. Now keep in mind, and we're going to get to this later, but this is not going to be your first look at Jay White because he's on some of those New Japan World shows. Uh, leading up to the you know the road to new beginning shows, so right, right, that right. hurt it at all for you? Uh, not really. Okay, the big stage still, but no, I mean yeah, to an extent maybe a little, but I, I you know there's still the Dorada thing, and I I really like him, so I I still have interest in there, and and you know what I I like Captain New Japan, so anytime when he's in there it's fine, and 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 then yeah it's whatever I it's a, it's a different matchup, it's different guys you haven't seen fight each other, so that that's fine. I agree. I'll I always agree. I'll always give it up for that if if there's guys that I haven't seen wrestle one another i'm okay because the rest of this card is a lot of guys i've seen wrestle each other for a while so i agree i give this a seven as well and i gotta tell you you were ahead of the curve on captain new japan he might be the most underrated wrestler on this roster <laughs> i don't know well, hold on a second <laughs> he's pretty good though Think about it every this roster has a ton of great wrestlers but everybody recognizes that they're great who's really underrated on the roster you're right yeah i mean People, I mean, Tucker Mask is no good. People, know people write Captain New Japan off as trash. When is he? When? When's the last time he had a match you didn't like? He's very entertaining. Yeah, and he's he knows the character well. He, he embraces it. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. He's good. I, you know, I, I, I don't fast forward or skip a match when he's involved. There's other people on this roster where I do that. So uh, to me, he's the most underrated wrestler on the roster. Um. Jushin Liger and Tenzan against Chase Conway, Chase Owens and Rob. I like Chase Conway. That's a great name. Uh, yeah, that <laughs> five. I'm gonna go four. So we're in the same neighborhood there. Yeah. Um, I like Owens. I like Con I like everybody in here, but I don't know. I didn't. Mm. 
it's going to be what it is. So it just, you know, they're setting up the next, the, the uh, yeah, it's fine. It's whatever. Yeah. Show. I mean, I'll go five. Yeah. Five. It's going to be seven minutes. You know what I mean? And one of the challengers is going to pin one of the champions, you know, so you know what you're going to get. Hanma Abushi. Oh, that's a, God, that's a nine. It's a fucking 10 for me. I mean, I cannot yeah, it... wait for that match. Kota Ibushi, his first match since that classic at Wrestle Kingdom. Hanma, when is he ever, when does he right. not deliver? I mean, this was such a pleasant surprise that they gave us this singles match. I, I can't wait. Uh, the three-way junior tag. Eliminating the <sighs> worst team of the four, by the way. That's true, yeah. So that, that, that does help a lot. I mean, we've seen these guys against each other, but we haven't, you know, you, you get the hooligans out of there. I'll go, I'll go seven or an eight. I'll go an eight. I'll go an eight. Okay. Now, to see what they're capable of without the hooligans. I think but, it's going to yeah. be a lot of fun. I'm going to go eight as well. Now, here's the thing with this match. Do you think uh, Red Dragon retains? I've been pretty interested. I think I, they've kind of overstayed their welcome. In a, not, not in a bad, I mean, in the sense that I was surprised that they're here as long as they are and that they're in this tour too. I would imagine they at some point have to change, but I don't know. This doesn't seem like the time to do it. No, I, I would say they retain. Now, keep but... in mind, in Sendai, they kind of have a throwaway match. Well, you know, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get. Oh, we'll okay. Yeah, you you're right. Your opinion. Yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll get to it. Enough, we'll get but... to it. Okay. Uh, Omega Taguchi. Uh, five. I'm going to go four because um, I think they sort of peaked to the quality of match they could have. It's gonna be, yeah, they're not going to have a better It'll be hard for them to have a better match than they had at Wrestle Kingdom because that was a pretty good match. And um, we know Omega's going to retain, so there's really no drama here. So I'm really not that interested in this. I'm really more interested in Omega moving forward at this point and facing some fresh opponents. Yeah, I agree. Sakuraba, Yanu, Okada versus Tonga, Takahashi, and Fale. <laughs> I'm going to go with six just because I cannot imagine how a team of Okada, <laughs> Sakuraba, and Yano is going to function, but... I'm going to go zero. I don't give a single shit about this. Match. Yeah, no, but, but seriously, I don't really care. Yeah, it's probably probably a two or three just because Okada's there, but yeah. Uh, it's, yeah I, there's... This match might as well not even exist. I don't really care. Yeah, it's, it's morbid curiosity six, actual curiosity probably a two. So. Naito, Makabe, Nagata against Yoshihashi, Ishii, and Nakamura. Say two again. I mean, I like everybody in there, but I just, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just a throwaway, and you know, you're not going to get much out of it. So I, I'm going to go two. I, listen, but... I got to be fair. I'm going zero again. I really don't give a single shit about that match. I, I just yeah. don't care. Um, and if I listen, if if I, I'm, I plan on watching live. If I don't watch this show live, this would be the kind of match that I might skip if I'm pressed on yeah. time. These two matches back to back. Oh, certainly. Yeah. I really just don't give a shit. I do it a lot. I do it. I do a lot of those six mans. I'm just like, you know what? They're just, especially these two, because they're just setups for the next night. I mean, exactly. And you know, these guys, I mean, you know, the big guys are going to do two moves and get out of there. It's one of those ones where Okada's going to tag in, do a drop kick, do the Rainmaker pose. And then, you know, something will happen. And he'll, go, he'll leave. And then you'll forget that he's in the match. It's, it's, you know what you're getting here. So yeah. I'm with Shibata you. and Goto first title defense as uh, <sighs> guns and gallows gets their requisite rematch. I like, you know, I like these matches they've had. I've liked them a lot more than other people, but I, it, I'm hard pressed to say I'm really looking forward to another one. I'm gonna go three here. Again, I think this suffers from the same problem that the Omega Taguchi match suffers from. You're not gonna see a title switch, so there's no drama. And, right. and for me personally, when the drama is sucked out of a match, it takes a lot of it out of it. For me. And and you've seen the best of them, I think. And, I don't. And, and I know they're I capable never, of having I, better than they've had. And, and I'm someone, unlike you, I like I don't like these matches as much as other people have. I don't think these two teams work well together. They don't do anything for me. So I'm going to go three. I really don't have a ton of interest in this. 
I, you know, it's definitely a match you got to pay attention to. It's the semifinal of a major pay-per-view, and it's for the IWGP Tag Team titles. And uh, I hope it's good, but I just don't really have a ton of interest in it. Uh, Tanahashi defending against Styles in the main event. I'm going to go eight. Yeah, I'm going to go eight for this as well. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, a title change is not out of the question. Not at all. We talked about it a few weeks ago. Definitely not. And I think that uh, we'll probably expand on it either next week or the week after when we really do a hardcore preview of these shows. But a title match is definitely not out of the question. So from that perspective, there'll be a little drama here. And of course, you know, they're going to I mean, is there any way they're not? They, I mean, they, they could just they could accidentally trip and fall into the ring and have a great match. I mean, right. It's, it's going to be a four star plus match. Yeah, no matter two of the what. best wrestlers I mean, on the planet. And you know, right. they're, they're going to have a great match. So you don't have to worry about that. So uh, yeah, I definitely give that an eight as well. So that's your new beginning in Osaka. Overall, I got to tell you, I'm looking forward to that card a lot. Um, the really, other than those two trios matches, there's not a ton there that I'm, um, that I'm, that I'm down on. Now Sendai is three nights later on the 14th. Again, this is the smaller building. So they didn't put a ton on this card because, you know, they put Nakamura in the main event. And I guess they figure, look, Nakamura is is more than a big enough star to sell out a 3000 seat building. And I think they're right. And I think it's the right yeah. decision to put nothing else on this show. Absolutely. We saw last year and, and it, it led his <laughs> it led his way to the top of the Observer Awards is that he can he can do that. Nakamura can can carry your sub shows and, and, and do himself. it just fine. So all right. by himself. So like literally all by himself. So. This time to save some time. We'll give our ratings as we go. So we'll start okay. at the bottom of the card. Match number one. This is a 10-match show. We've got Yohei Komatsu, Tomaaki Hanma, and Satoshi Kojima against Sho Tanaka, Captain New Japan, and Manabu Nakanishi. Oh, that's that's a team of the century right there. I, I, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go six out of this one. But the Captain New Japan Nakanishi Tanaka, that's a great team. I'm going nine. Kojima Hanma and Kamatsu is great too. I'm going nine. I am so. <laughs> You're out of your mind. I am so irrationally hyped for this match. Rich, look at this match. It's stacked. I mean, it's You've stacked with, Komatsu, with our heartthrobs. Yeah. Kamatsu and Tanaka on opposite sides. You've got Captain New Japan. You've got Hanma in this match, and you got my boy Kojima. I love Kojima. Right. How can I not be into this match? And Nakanishi's good for for trying one match every so often, so maybe this is his one. Nakanishi so. will shock the shit out of you. He'll do some senton that you're like, dear God, he's gonna die. And Two then, or know, three it's... times a year with a with a <laughs> performance where he finds the fountain of youth. Look, I never thought he was any good even in his prime, but he finds the fountain of youth and he surprises you. I don't even need him to be good here because the other five guys are all guys that I love. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to this match. I'm telling you, man, it's a legit nine. From- That's good. Okay, I'll give you that. All right. Now here's a match. This is what I was talking about earlier. Red Dragon. Yeah. Red Dragon takes on Mascara Dorada and Tiger Mask. Now, before you give your rating, this is why I say, do you think they retain? Because would they have them in sort of this? This is a weird match. It's very odd. Yeah, I don't know. Um, now they're gonna win, I would think, because you would think Tiger Mask is gonna take the fall here. Or you could have Dorada. I mean, you could have Dorada. That's true. Get the win because too. if Red Dragon loses the titles and, then, and they're and out, if they're yeah. not coming back for a while, because you got to look at the tours they're coming up. We got New Japan Cup. You're not really not going to need juniors for a while. So if they don't have the titles, what's really the point of having them around? So yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd be interested to see how that plays out. I mean, that that does sort of give you the idea that they're going to lose. I, I don't know. I it, yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, maybe maybe they do lose. I I really don't know. I don't have a good feel for it. But that's yeah, this match thing. is very it's a good odd. Thing though that you don't have a feel for. You no, it's good. It's going to make it's going to make that match a lot more so interesting. What do you think of this match yeah, this... though with Dorada and Tiger Mask? Uh, I'm into it. I, I mean, Tiger Mask is no good, but everybody else in there is great. So I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go seven. Yeah, I'm giving this a seven too. I, I'm looking forward to this. Anytime Red Dragon is involved in it, look, th- th- 
they're such an they're so good team. they're so good i mean any other year they would have won my tag team of the year but I, I just couldn't vote against the bucks but it really i mean honestly it, i i stared at that for a long time and i said man i like the bucks but god red dragon the way they've they've performed and in, in in you know the bucks have their sort of buck style matches or whatever red dragon's done a lot of different match styles against a lot of different teams and have done it well so i i it was hard. I, I went with the Bucks eventually, but man, it was hard. They're a great, great, great These team. These are weird New Japan shows in the sense that the early portion of the cards are very interesting, and the back ends are not quite as interesting, which is... I kind of like this card a lot. Well, we'll talk about it when it's okay. over. I almost don't know if I like this card more than the, the... All right, let's move forward. Alex Shelley, Kushida, and Taguchi against the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Uh, I mean, you got time splitters in there, which is fun. You got Omega, who will do make something work, and you got the Bucks, who will make something work. And to, I mean, everybody that's in there is okay and solid, but I, I don't know, I, maybe a five or six. Yeah, I like it better than you. I got to go seven yeah. here. And okay. here's what I'm saying: I think the first three matches on this show look so much fun. How fun do these three matches look in the beginning? But, I mean, that that you cannot argue with. Definitely fun. fun these fun, are going to be some fun matches. Yeah, they're you. just different. They're unique matchups. You haven't seen these before, so. And then those fun matchups lead us into two NWA matchups as we have. Uh, <laughs> well, first we'll do. OK, so it's Liger uh, defending the NWA junior title against Chase Owens. Now, the title switch was a pretty decent match for the time they got. Yeah. And, and Owens had a, a pretty decent match against Bushi as well. But I really thought the Liger match was pretty good. But what do you think here? And then actually, you know what? G- give that score real quick. Okay, I'm going to give it a three. Okay, I'm going to give that a five. And then give your score for Tenzon and Conway. <laughs> I'm going to have to go with two. And I like... Okay, I'm gonna is, I'm gonna go three on, on Tenzon and Conway. Is no other New Japan wrestler allowed to get an NWA title shot? Other than Tenzon and Kojima? Does it does it have to be them? Like nobody else can get a title. Like Bushi. Well, very. I mean, he's got, he had a junior title shot, but he had a junior. But you know, what I mean? like, like Nakanishi can't get a he fucking. Did, he like, did. NWA. He did. It very early. Oh, he did. Okay. Nakanishi had the first one. In 2012. Okay, I, don't, I, I think that predated my Kojima, hardcore his, his watching. His Kojima, it. it was Nakanishi, Kojima, Liger faced Conway, yeah. and Tenzan. Bushi had his one. No, yeah. no, no, Bushi faced Chase Owens. Oh, no, that's what I meant, but he had an NWA. I'm, I'm just thinking, I'm, I'm encapsulating all the so NWA. Conway, Conway has faced Nakanishi, Kojima, Tenzan, and Liger. And Liger. <laughs> but, he had, but he's faced Tenzan multiple times. Because, no, yeah. no, no, not Tenzan. Um... Uh, Kojima, because Kojima won the title. Yeah, right, right, right. Okay, but those four guys who have received shots against Conway, Owens has been Liger and Bushi. So I agree. It's kind of like Conway has been feuding with Tenzan and Kojima since the day he stepped in New Japan. Yeah, it's it's. I just want a different Conway match. So, um, you know, look, and Tenzan... Conway is the master of the two-star special. He's going to go in there. He's going to give you a two-star match that doesn't do anything for you, but it also doesn't put you to sleep. It's just a, it, he gives you just a match. Is what he, exactly, is what he yeah. gives you. The problem is I'm not sure he's capable of doing that with Tenzon. It, it seems like a bad style matchup. Um, I'm not sure who the better worker is at this point, but I'm not sure that they work well, that they're going to work well together. It's a weird match, and I don't think they're going to mesh well. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be very good. As for this as a whole, we kind of got some scoops, don't we, Rich? We do. Now, the NWA thing, there's there's some funny things happening here. I've been telling you guys for a long time that Liger's coming to the United States. And technically he is. But he's coming to PWS, and he's facing Colt Cabana. Um, as we record this, Liger has no matches scheduled for an NWA affiliate in the United States. 
Right. And we, and we talked about how fun it would be, you know, if he sort of toured the, the NWA or whatever. And, and, and we talked about it months ago or, or, or not, maybe not months ago, but about a month nice. or so ago. We thought it'd be so interesting to have him tour the U.S. and the Liger retirement tour and everybody in America can go. But yes, I hear, we, now here's the weird thing. He's still coming over. But the NWA affiliates haven't been able to book him. Um, the gentleman who handles the bookings for the for who is the liaison, I don't think it's any big secret. It's Tiger Hattori, who splits time between New York and Tokyo. Well, he's been very it's been very difficult to pin down uh, bookings for Liger for when he comes over to the United States. The only booking that's set in stone is a non-NWA booking. So basically what I'm getting at here, and based on some other things that we've been told by would you consider I mean someone who would definitely know what the fuck is going on? Uh he would know, yeah. Um Chase Owens could there's a very good chance he can win the title back here. Because the NWA New Japan thing might be no more after this. Let me put it this way. I put the odds at 50-50, and I think that's being generous. Yeah, I, I would probably go more 60-40 in, in favor of it being done. So, um, The relationship is kind of it, – it's hanging by a thread. There's a lot of different factors at play. Um, Global Force, Ring of Honor um, – you know, New Japan's working with a lot of different groups, and they're kind of spreading themselves thin. CMLL, and 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 something has to give. And Noah, obviously. And Noah, they're whatever they're doing. You know, purchasing an interest in Noah. We had a percentage that somebody told us that supposedly they own a certain percentage of Noah. Now we were given a number. I'm not comfortable talking about that on this show because I want to. I'd like to double verify it personally. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, we had two people give us the same number, but they probably would have gotten. We think it. it's from the same place. Possibly, yeah. So, so, so it's hard to tell without. You yeah, know. so I'd rather double source it or not say anything at all. But the, the, the but we were told that they did buy a, a certain a non-controlling interest. It's less. Right. Than it's not. It's, it's under fifty percent for sure. So that um, that somewhere in that range. So. so you know the NWA thing. Um, they haven't sort of gotten the same communication from New Japan that they've gotten in the past. So from the NWA point of view, they're just doing their job and showing up when they're asked to show up and doing the best that they can, and they're letting the chips fall where they may. The My personal opinion, and this wasn't anything that anybody told us, this is now my personal opinion, the Bruce Tharp-Chris Wankrillo split that happened. Chris Ronquillo was the vice president. Bruce Tharp was the president. They split. Chris Ronquillo owned NWA Houston. That is now known as Lone Star Wrestling. It's no longer an NWA affiliate. He had no longer has anything to do with the NWA. Um, it is my personal opinion that when those two split, that is when things went sour with New Japan. No one mm -hmm. has told me that. That's my personal opinion. It seems to coincide a lot. Yeah. The timeline matches up, and from everything I've been told, that you can forget about who, who was the president and the vice president. From everything I was ever told, this is going back to when these guys took over the NWA. Chris Ronquillo was the guy who really spearheaded a lot of the business decisions of the NWA. So the fact that he's no longer involved, in my opinion, maybe giving a lot of their partners, a lot of people they do business with, a little bit of uncertainty moving forward, dealing with Tharp. Yeah. And, that, that, and I'm, that's nothing, I'm not trying to say anything bad about Bruce Tharp. What I'm saying is I have a feeling a lot of these people who were dealing with the NWA were dealing with the other guy. That's all. And right. It's just a communication difference. It's now they're now dealing with a new guy. 
And, 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 you know, I've heard that from NWA promoters who have said, we always dealt with Chris. We never talked to Bruce, you know, and there's some NWA promoters. It's anytime you get a new boss. I mean, think about in in any situation where you've all of a sudden got a new boss and it's, there's, there's a feeling out. I mean, you, and they want to make a few changes from what you usually did. I mean, there's always going to be feeling out of that. It's never going to go exactly smooth. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I can, we, we can tell you for a fact that the NWA side really is a little shaky with the, they don't know what's going on. And, 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 you know, it's, we'll see. I think the booking on these shows will tell the tale. It will go a long way. Um, the bottom line is I, I feel much stronger about a Chase Owens title win on this, this Sendai show. Agreed. Before. Uh, now, I don't think it's a hundred percent. Um, you know, I, well, you know, we're recording this today. You know, I can get a text message or an email at any time saying, okay, Liger has been booked on this show, this show, and this show. Right. Yeah. I, it just hasn't yet. And it, and, and I don't know about you, but the impression I get is they don't expect him to work any of NWA shows when he comes over. No. And yeah, that was no. definitely not the case several months ago. When, so he was scheduled to come when? Okay. Exactly. That's the other thing, too. Originally, it was supposed to be after um, these shows here, either end of January or February, which matches okay, up. Okay, because I was going to say, if that was happening, then no, but, you'd no, be but, promoted. You would fucking know. If no, was, I know that. You know. But no, no. But listen right. to what happened, though. But then I was told it got backed up to April. Right. Then the split happened, and I was told it was going back to February. And the PWS booking is in February. So, again, it's like you were talking about before. Miscommunication, bad communication, uh, a switch in power. Who the hell knows what's going on? Maybe the NWA is fr- – maybe New Japan is frustrated with that. They don't know who the point man is. Maybe, you know, maybe there's some fr- – I don't know. That's all speculation on my part. The point is – the bottom line to all this is the relationship at this point – I wouldn't call it Rocky because Rocky implies that there's been disagreements and tension. So I don't know if Rocky is the right word, but the relationship is – dissolving or you know something something potentially not dissolving right but rocky isn't fair because it's not a we hate you you know screw you guys it's a... one side is mad at the other oh. no 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 but i definitely get the sense that they're falling out of favor with each other right. or one side's falling out of favor with each other. yeah there's just a lack i mean the communication is, is is not what it once was that's kota ibushi and tetsuya naito who are known as golden stardust <laughs> Not gold and stardust. That no, golden with the, with a little star in there. That would be a there. different team. Gold and stardust. That's a dream match now. What do you call that symbol? An afrosand? What do you call that? No, the, the star symbol? Oh, no. Oh, no, no. Yeah, the, the an, yeah an ampersand. So if you put an amp... How do you pronounce that? Ampersand? I, I, ampersand. I'm the one. So if you I, put an ampersand in there, it's... <laughs> I think it's ampersand, it'd be right? Gold and stardust, which would be a WWE team. This is golden stardust, the word golden, a star, and then stardust. So very similar. I wonder if there's like, if that's an intentional play on words. I doubt yeah, it. Yeah, if they knew that, yeah, I don't know. I doubt it, but I wonder. So golden stardust, it looks like they're going to be a team moving forward. Face Sakuraba and Yano. Give me a score for that one. I mean, the Bushi Naito, I mean, I'm into that team. That's pretty cool. But Sakuraba and Yano, uh, give, me a, give me a five. Sakuraba and Yano suck any and all anticipation out of It would probably be an eight, and I'm going to have to take a lot from them. I mean, if it was any other team, it'd probably be an eight. But, yeah, they, they, 
the Yano factor is is bad. And I know Reddit and those and, and GIF makers love him, but he's fucking terrible. It's, I hate him. Sakuraba's the one I don't like. But um it's I can tolerate Sakuraba sometimes. Yano does nothing for me anymore. It's a I see Yano I could tolerate Sakuraba I don't like. It's a Styles Clash match. Um I give it a three because there is a chance it could be decent, but I who knows. Um yeah. Yoshihashi and Okada against Yujiro and Bad Luck Folly. Uh Four. I give this another three. I'm really not all that interested in this. What's distressing to me is that they're not doing an Okada Bad Luck Folly singles match yet, which means that they're going to feud these guys moving forward, which right. means we may have to go through this with New Japan Cup, and it's just going to get dragged out. And Invasion the, attack. And, oh, we saw God. this happen last year when Nakamura got bogged down with Bad Luck Folly, and now Okada is going to spend half the year bogged down with Bad Luck Folly, and I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy about it at all. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I, I hate it's it. It's a complete waste he's, of he's waste. It's a waste. It's a waste of a, of what you have. And I, I get if, you know, we've talked about the story of him sort of making his comeback and, and doing that sort of stuff. He's got to make it faster. I mean, this, this guy's a bona fide star, and you're just wasting him on, on Bad Luck Folly. I mean, the, the, you, you talk about a guy most overpushed or most overrated. It's Bad Luck. I mean, this guy has been – two of the top stars in New Japan have been saddled now back-to-back years with him. Now, the thing about for, it is – For prolonged amounts of months. I'd, and I'd put a little asterisk on that. What? Okay, look, I never want to see the guy wrestle. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I do. I wouldn't call him overpushed. I think there's a place for him on the card. I think that it's okay to have a big lumbering monster as part of the Bullet Club. That doesn't mean I want to watch him, though. And, and he should be with exa- – I mean, these top guys should not be saddled exactly. with him. That, That's not, a not, total waste of time. not for the length of time that they are saddled with him. If they were doing the blow-off match on this show – I wouldn't okay, have as perfect. much of a problem yeah. with it because then agree. Okada could move on. But once now this new beginning tour is now over, then they're going to do, I think they have that one um, uh, anniversary show, right? Yeah, the which doesn't really have a tour. So that's going to hopefully, and then if they don't blow it off on that, it's going to go through New Japan. It's just going to go on forever. Like the It could go to Invasion Attack. Like I said, it yeah. could be Invasion Attack. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I, it, that's my problem with it. You know, I don't want yeah, it, it's just getting bogged down. And, you know, for people who are supposedly house organs who do nothing but praise New Japan, we got a lot of problems with these shows it's just you know people hear what they want to hear okay. yeah if you notice we've been under uh under five for a lot I of gave these, zeros uh, i gave zeros to half the other part <laughs> throwing out zeros all yeah. right so uh next up we've got uh shibata goto and tanahashi oh, taking on tamatanga doc gallows and uh anderson and you've already given a sigh so I yeah that's a zero that's a zero you're giving this care. one the zero huh yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you get Tamatonga in there, who I don't give a shit to see. Tanahashi's fine, but he's going to tag in for two minutes. And then Goto and Shibata and, and Gallows and Anderson. I fucking just saw that two days ago, and I've seen it numerous times. Yeah, I'm a zero. Yeah, I, look, I don't look, care. Tanahashi- this is a skip. This is absolutely – I'm going to watch it the next day, and I'm absolutely going to skip this, unfortunately. Look, Sorry. look, Tanahashi never works hard in these tag matches, no. especially when they're six-man or eight-man tag matches. He comes in, does a couple spots, and disappears. Okay? So Shibata and Goto are going to do all the work. And uh, it's pretty obvious. A blind man can see who's taking the fall in this match. So um, there's really zero drama in here as well. I'm not going to go zero like I did for the trios matches on the Osaka card, but I'm only giving this one a two. I have very limited interest in this. Um, I, I just like Goto and Shibata so much, and, and I, I think that they could have some fun spots beating up Tamatanga and finishing him off that uh, I, I have very limited interest. Um, never title rematch. Ishii getting his rematch against Makabe. Uh, kind of into this. This is going to be pretty good. I, I you know, I, I, I can't, most New Japan singles matches, if they're they're with higher level guys, I can't do anything less than, I, I would probably go with a seven or eight here. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm going to give it a six. 
I mean, I love single. I love New Japan singles matches, especially if they're in top of the card. I mean, you know it's going to be good. <laughs> There's rip, no doubt. I yeah. can't rip you. It'll be good. The thing is, we just saw it. I liked it for what it was. I thought, it, but I, I'm not so sure. I want to see it again. But I know that it's going to deliver. Like you're saying, I know it's going to deliver at least to a certain level. So I can't go lower than a six. I'm definitely. You know, there's more than average interest, but I can't go crazy and give it a seven or eight. So I would I would go six personally. And the main event, I have no idea where you're going to fall on this one. Coming off of his Battle Royal uh, uh, New Japan Rambo victory, his Rambo victory. and Everyone else slipped to the curb except for him. He, everyone slipped to the curb but this man. And he also got a big win on the 1-3 show in a tag match. And uh, those two victories have set him up for an Intercontinental title challenge. Yuji Nagata, and we know our friend Alan is hyped for this because he's been waiting uh, with bated breath for Yuji Nagata to be put in an important match. And he's finally getting a chance to be in an important match here as he challenges for the Intercontinental title against Shinsuke Nakamura. Rich, what are you giving this one? I'm into it. I'm going to go with an eight. I like, I, we, we talked about it on the podcast with uh, Alan a few months ago where, where, you know, we talk about Nagata, who's a guy they sort of, I, I don't think he's great, but I think he's a guy that you could put in these tag, in these random title matches every so often, and it'd be a big deal, and it'd be fun, and the crowd being into it, and him being a little bit motivated, and yeah, he's not going to win, but there could be this weird little thing where where you know he there looks like you know he's getting a few near falls, and it looks like he's going to win. I I don't mind Nagata in this spot. I I, I I'm really looking forward to it. I tell you what this I tell you what this did do. If they do a Rambo next year, you're going to be paying attention to that Rambo because they gave right because you know it's a title they gave match, the yeah. Rambo some meaning. I mean, the Rambo meant something. They used that as part of the motivation to give this guy a title match. Look, I am really hot and cold on Yuji Nagata, mostly cold. I've never been a big fan of the guy. With that said, there have been times where he's way exceeded my expectations. Usually with a New Japan singles match, my expectations are so through the roof that they can't meet my expectations. When it comes to Yuji Nagata, Yuji Nagata, my expectations are always so low that he generally exceeds them. So it's kind of a weird thing. And I really don't have high expectations for this because I always get this feeling that Nagata is going to drag a match down. But would it shock me if these two guys had a match-of-the-year caliber match? Absolutely not, because I think Nagata has that in him. With all of that said, it's still Yuji Nagata. He always kind of leaves me with that meh feeling going into a match. And I can only give it a six, but we'll see. Okay, that's fair. I'm giving yeah. it a six, but I'm going to cheat. I'm going to use the Larry cheat. You know how Larry will rate a match a four, but then give it a little plus sign if he thinks it's yeah. better oh, yeah, than yeah. four? He'll rate a match like four and a quarter with a plus sign. <laughs> or he'll rate a match, you know, three and a half with a minus sign, you know, because he cheats and he can't just fully commit to the rating. I'm going to give this a six with a plus with a Larry plus sign. How about that? Because I do think that there's a chance that they can deliver. So yeah, you were saying that you like this card better than Osaka. I do. I think I do. I think you're nuts. But I will say this: you're not the only person who said that. Other people. I think it's got that. more balance. It's got. I mean, there, there's some better. I mean, I think overall there are better. Like I said, I, I I get into this a lot. I mean, when you talk about a balance versus few good matches, I think there's a few really really good matches I'm really looking forward to on on the on the prior one. But this one to me stands out as as overall a more fun show. I feel like when I sit down and watch this show, because of the more singles matches, because of the interesting matchups or whatever, I'll be more interested in that versus the other one, which might have really good main event and might have a few good matches here and there, but less so because there's gonna be a lot of crap in the middle between those. So I think you're all crazy. The Osaka show has all the, <laughs> the Osaka show has all the high end stuff. 
And it has the Osaka crowd too. It's which... got the Osaka. It's got all the high end matches. It's got it's got Tanahashi Styles. It's got Hanma Ibushi. It's got the three way for the junior title. I mean, those three matches right there potentially could be the three best matches overall on both shows. Nakamura and Nagato will probably sneak into the top three. Um, but what else on this show is of higher quality, bell to bell, than those three matches I just named? No, I agree. It's it's not it's not just a, it, yeah. You like no, the I balance that... though. I like the balance of the show. I think from sitting down, from watching a show standpoint, I, I think there are matches I will obviously enjoy more on the Osaka show, but I think when I sit down and watch a show, this one I'm going to enjoy more when it's over. Well, I'll tell you what. About halfway through that Okada-Yoshihashi-Bad-Luck-Fale-Yujiro match, <laughs> after, after you sat through Tenzan Conway and sat through Sakuraba and Yano in a tag match, I'm going to send you a text message and ask you okay. how you feel about that balance. We'll find but, out that. Uh, yeah. yeah, but yeah, I mean, I can see, look, the three mat, the three opening matches. I like my singles matches, man. I get so sick of those six man. No, I hear you, but this match is loaded with those two. But the pro, it has the six man uh, match in the eighth slot, which neither one of us are hyped for, with with Tanahashi and uh, Bullet Club and and Goto and Shibata. But the thing is, the other six man. Look, the thing about Sendai that I like, like I said, is those first three matches. I am so irrationally excited for those first three matches on the Sendai show that to me it saves the show. If it didn't have those three matches, I wouldn't be all that excited about this show at all. I agree. The, the lower, yeah, yeah. The, the lower half kind of saves it. And that kind of speaks to your point about the balance because there's a lot of stuff in the beginning of this show uh, to have you excited. The middle kind of dries out there. And then uh, you're really into Nagata Nakamura, so then you're into the main event, and you're into the Makabe Ishii more than I was too. Yeah. So I, all right, I, you know, I, fair play. I can kind of see where you're coming from if you're really into those two matches. Um, I would love to be wrong about those two, and there's a good chance that I will be wrong because you know, like I said, Nagata, in a big spot, he is capable of delivering. Now I wanted to talk a little bit about the rest of this tour because there's a lot of interesting things on this tour. I want to focus on first of all, I want to bring this up and get your take on this. Um, February 2nd in Niigata at the Aore Nageoka Hall. Rich, I know that's a classic venue for us. Oh, yeah. Everybody yeah. knows about the, uh, the... You dream. You dream. You <laughs> the first day in wrestling school, that first back bump, you dream of wrestling there, Of working so. the Aori Nageoka Hall in Niigata. <laughs> two eyes in Niigata. What is, it? what is the one they ran at like a few years ago? The one that looked like they were in a church? It had like the stained glass no, windows. No, no, no. That's the, a place know... Dragon Gate runs. No, I know, I know this wasn't New Japan. I was oh, just yeah, asking, yeah, yeah. what is that place called? Uh, that might be the uh, – oh, I've been trying to look it up for like months. The, dra- I can the, never Dragon, find Gate out. Guys, um, the Dragon Gate guys who listen are going to kill me because I can't think of it. I think it is the uh, – <laughs> You know exactly yeah, what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, There's like stained glass yeah, oh, in the yeah, background. And, yeah. and, and, and I get annoyed when they don't film there because people love watching shows in that building with the stained glass in the background. I want to say it's the um, – Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Give me by the end of the show, and I'm going to think. Okay, all right. But um, what was my point here? Okay, so the February 2nd, Road to New Beginning. This is a random spot show, six-match show, nothing but multi-man matches, okay? But I want to focus on the main event. Ten-man tag on one side. Captain New Japan, main eventer, okay? Hell yeah, hell yeah. But he's not the lowest-level main eventer in this match. <laughs> Captain New Japan, Taguchi, Shibata, Goto, and Tanahashi on one side. They're taking on the Bullet Club. Doc Gallows, Carl Anderson, Yujiro, Kenny Omega, and Cody Hall. Cody hey. Hall is main eventing a New Japan show. What do you make of this? Main event? Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. I, why is why is Komatsu not gotten his main event yet? That's that's the only thing I get mad at. It's horseshit. But uh, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, that's it makes that show a must watch to see how he performs. I mean. 
I mean, I hope it makes take. He's going to get time. I mean, those guys are, I mean, those, those guys aren't going to bust their ass. So someone's got to take that time. So yeah, I don't know. He's now, he's not going to be in there for two minutes. Right. I mean, there's no way he's in the main event. It's, it's such a strange main event. Um, I'll tell you though, I kind of hope this card makes tape. Not only for that, but you've got, look at this opener. You've got the young bucks against Yohei Komatsu and Alex Shelley. Oh, that's great. That sound like a lot of fun. That's really Check good. Yeah. The second match. Red Dragon against Sho Tanaka and Kushida. Oh fuck yeah! So they, they split up. The oh, you did, that that's ten out of ten right there. So they split up the time splitters and stuck them with the Young Lions. Wait, it, it's Komatsu and Kushida? It's no, no, no. It's Komatsu and Shelly against. Oh, and then okay, ah, damn it. Okay, so just missed being a, a, a dream team, but that's okay. And then Tanaka and Kushida against Red Dragon. Those, those okay, I like Tanaka too, though. Those so. sound like a lot of fun. They do. I like that. And then it's just different. I just like different in a lot of these new Japan shows. And, and I know we're the, the house organs of new Japan, but there's a time when you, you just get kind of bored of the same stuff. I mean, these are, I'm going to do a lot of skipping on these new beginning shows. Cause it's just like, come on. I, I don't a weakness yeah. in new Japan. There's no question. Yeah. Check out the semifinal Gato and Okada against Tamatanga and bad luck. Fale. <laughs> now here's what's interesting there. Who wins the match? Because you got Gato who can lose, and you got Tom. Yeah, so uh, Tomatonga's losing. And you know we're breaking down a card that about four hundred people. Are Nobody's. Gonna see yeah, it's going to be on a steady cam. It's going to be that one of those ridiculous ones where the the the, the young boy has to well, turn right, the right, tripod to the even, entrance and then go back. <laughs> I'm not even sure it's going to make tape. Yeah. So here's what will make tape for sure. There's three uh, Road to New Beginnings that are on New Japan World. One thirty from uh, Saitama. Uh, 2-1 from Cork and Hall, and 2-8 from another classic venue, the Iwate Shikakazushi Sports Park Gymnasium <laughs> will be hosting uh, the 2-8 show. So very quickly, let's look at that 1-30 show. This is the tour kickoff. And what's interesting here is this is going to be our first look at Jay White because Jay White is working the opener of this 1-30 show against Sho Tanaka. So your first look at Jay White and what I believe, yeah, it has to be his New Japan debut. This is the first show of the tour. Yeah. So it'll be on New Japan World on the 30th. What day of the week is that? That is uh, uh, Thursday that... going into a Friday. So right. call out of work on Friday if you want to watch that one. It'll be on in the middle of the night. You'll get your first look at Jay White against Sho Tanaka. I have a lot of interest in that. Match number two, Red Dragon against Yohei Kamatsu and Alex Shelley. Ah, yeah, that's nice. That's good. Okay. And then you've got the Young Bucks. Check this out for match number three. The Young Bucks against Mascara Dorada and Kushida. Yeah, that's oh. how awesome is this card look? Those are two good teams. Yeah, these are first three matches look great. Then we got a random six man. Uh, then we have a random eight man. We're not going to break these down. Then we've got the uh, uh, Gato and Okada versus Yujiro and Fale. And then there's an eight man main event: Bullet Club versus New Japan Army. You know, that's this is the kind of show where you watch those first three matches, you go to bed, and then you wait to see how the reviews looked for right. the rest of the show for all you, those you look at some senior Larry Oto gifts and you go, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> and, you know, if people are saying, wow, that eight man main event killed it. Well, then you go back on new Japan world and you check it out. Of course we're, you know, I'm probably going to watch the whole thing. Someone on our site's going to, if it's on new Japan world, you're getting a review on our site. Yep. So someone's going to be watching this. I'm an idiot. I'm going to probably watch the whole thing, whether I'm doing the review or Brian Rose's review. Doesn't make <laughs> difference. But if you're, if you're just a common fan, you know, you can blow off all those multi-mans because, you know, you, you wait for the review and then, and, then, and then decide whether you're going to waste your time on it. So, you know, that's going to be on New Japan World on the 30th. Now, the 2-1 show is a Corican show. So, you know that's going to be a little different from the rest of the uh, 
from the matches from the rest of the cards that are part of the uh, road to. So let's see what this Corican has now. The opener. And it's the Samurai TV show too, so we'll we'll see it at some. Point. It's Corican, so absolutely, it's on New Japan World too. Yep. So, uh, is it for sure? Yeah, uh, yeah, it, yeah. Two one is one thousand percent on New Japan World. Are you looking at it right yeah. now? Okay, because it's. I didn't see it on the list it's I was looking there, at. Yeah. Let me live, let me live at eighteen thirty. Road to okay. the beginning, Cork and all, two one. Well, that's cool. So Good. the opener there is Red Dragon against uh, Tanaka and Kamatsu. Now, if you saw the first match these guys had uh, about three four months ago, where Red Dragon just beat the living shit out of these guys, I'm hyped for this rematch. If we were grading this, this be another ten. Cannot. Wait. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cannot wait. Uh, then there's, uh, let's see, the, the, the second match. There's really nothing. Well, there's an eight-man with Jay White on one side. I'm interested in these Jay White matches because you know I love these young Lions. And he's teaming with Dorada and Captain New Japan and Nakanishi, and then, you know, there's a New Japan team on the other side. Then there's a six-man uh, with the Young Bucks and Omega. We got some tag team matches. And then the, uh, actually, four, there's three tag team matches in a row. And then... Um, the main event is a six-man. Goto, Shibata, and Tanahashi versus Yujiro, Doc Gallows, and Carl Anderson. That's not a very good Cork and Hall show. No. You, you watch the intro, and then maybe the second match, and then you can kind of... The one thing I can say about it is those three tag matches in a row, only one of them... I'm sorry. One of them doesn't have an obvious man to take a fall. They've got Togi Makabe and Yuji Nagata against Ishii and Nakamura. Yeah, that could be fun. Who, that who be the hell's fun. taking the pin there? Yeah, because I mean, probably it might be a. Well, Nagata's building up to that, so he's obviously not. He's building up to the new beginning, so yeah, he wouldn't be. Yeah, so one, oh, one, of, man. one of the challengers is going to pin one of the champions because this is yeah. a new beginning. Right. So either Ishii will pin Makabe or Nagata will pin Nakamura. Yeah. Ishii will probably hmm. pin Nakamura. I, I could go. Yeah, I would probably go Ishii Makabe. Ishii will but... beat Makabe, and then Nagata and Nakamura will do a stare down. All right. I can't imagine they would give any result away from the Nakamura Nagata, but who knows? Yep. That's not the uh, that's not the strongest Cork and Hall lineup I've ever seen. No. And then the last one that's airing on New Japan World is on the eighth from, of course, the world famous Awate Shizakuashi Sports Park <laughs> Gymnasium. And uh, let's see, yeah, that's the this is technically the go home show, as they as they say, because this is the final show before the pay per views. We've got Sho Tanaka against Jay White. There's three singles matches on this entire tour. Two of them are Sho Tanaka versus Jay White, and the other...